1: Everybody, it's a new year, it's a new decade. Happy New Year, one and all. Hope you had a nice Christmas. Who knows what the future is going to hold in store for us in this coming year, this coming decade. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting on the unceded Musqueam territory from the University of Beautiful British Columbia. How was your guys' Christmas?
2: Uh, First week was okay. Second week was not too good. um, I got really sick for the whole week. Basically, was that because of the first week, I'm feeling a l- <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit better. Were y- Were you at the Lake At again? <laughs> no, no, no. Wasn't too much that. gobble, gobble, <laughs> no. gobble. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, you'll hear a lot of that during the during the show. A little coughing here. Oh, there. not gobble, gobble, gobble. Oh.
3: Your kids, give bring germs in the house, or?
2: No, I don't know where he got it from. I'm not sure. I, I, it just happened, and, but because uh, nobody else was sick, it was just me. And which reason. end was it coming out of? Uh, it was mostly coming out of the top end. Oh, yeah. your nose? Yeah, nose, yeah. coughing, yeah. stuff like that. But and then I found out I have a degenerating disc in my back. So oh, <laughs> oh happy New oh, Year. Oh,
1: <laughs> so did Bailey, and he he had to die because of well, it, so. <laughs> Don't, don't want to get the year off to a bad start. Yeah. Are you saying we have to put Steve down? I <laughs> might have to. <laughs> but if we wait a couple of months, we'll get a replacement from Mexico. <laughs> What's Jorge Mendoza doing these days? What, what about yourself, Like, how was your Christmas? Uh, yeah, no. Can you lift a- the tone a bit? Because this is no, be a shit show <laughs> to start with.
3: It was uh, a good times. Good times with family and friends. Yeah, celebrating Jesus' birth.
1: Yeah, it was good. Uh, I just had a, a quiet Christmas, quiet New Year, um, made sure I had my shortbread and iron brew on New Year's Eve. Steve is going to be coughing throughout sorry. the show.
3: See, I'd rather really cough into the mic than away oh, yeah. from
1: This me. would be one of these great shows if we had lots of audio clips to play and we weren't having to do all the talking for two <laughs> hours. Today we have zero,
3: right? Yeah,
2: zero.
1: <laughs> it's just us talking for two hours. About,
3: about exciting stuff.
2: I think yeah. if I talk less, I'll probably cough less. Ah. So I'll, I'll try to be quiet. Yeah, it's just going to be you and me then, sorry. So
1: I'll be doing a lot of, hey, Steve, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, what, one thing that we are going to be doing on this show, the first two parts, we're going to be bidding f- a, a fond farewell, fond in that I was glad to see the back of it, to 2019. We're going to finish our year in review. We're going to look at the months of July to December. Do we really have to? We, we so kind of have to because so depressing. there has been some previous years where we have started this and we've never finished it. Oh, really? Yeah. What
3: years?
2: A couple.
3: Really? Yeah. They, they, oh, these were I so, just gave up. These types of shows in the past were so fun.
2: Yeah. There was so and much. We, we had like five hour sessions. Yeah. Let's
1: try and make a purse out of a cow's ear. A silk purse out of a cow's ear. That's the saying. Let's try and do that. Where is that a
2: saying? <laughs> I think it's the same person that did, if the queen had balls, he'd be king. That's, That's a
1: well-known one. saying. All right. You can't make a, a silk purse out of a cow's ear. Sows ear. Some animal's <laughs> ear. <laughs> it's a saying. Look it up. Google. That's what it's there for. Ask Jeeves. Does that still exist? I don't know, throw back <laughs> to the last decade since we're doing a, a year and decade in review. Anyway, <clears throat> let's kick things off right away because we're gonna rattle through these first two parts with the month of July.
4: So put it in the wind, and
3: That was for all our American listeners.
1: Yeah, garden My second favourite song after, obviously, Black Hole Sun. Oh. And the month of July, it was kind of like a black hole, really, for the, the Whitecaps. Because their season just disappeared into the void. Very true. The month got off to a good start, though. Because it was confirmed that 43-year-old Ariadnan <laughs> had joined the club permanently from Sereasai oh. Udinese. Outstanding, Michael. Yeah, he, he was going to be a DP. Well, he was a DP. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to still be a DP, though? Because the He's rumors, still going to be here. They, the rumours are still not going away. Uh, There's a Turkish club, apparently. Yeah, some Turkish club's interested in him. A named Turkish club from, a, I don't know really how reliable the Iraqi news... Twitter account that put that out there was but do they have other things to focus on? Yeah, maybe trying to deflect the is issue just a little bit. I don't I don't know. But yeah, is he gonna be here? Do you do you see him moving on in this window? And if he does, that is gonna leave one big hole, maybe even a black hole, in that white cap's a- defense.
3: Ali Adnan will not be a Vancouver White Cap for the rest of his career. No. So he will move on at some point. Will he move on in twenty twenty? I don't think
1: anyone would be surprised by that. I think he'll go. Maybe not now. Maybe this summer, but I do think he'll go. I think in bomb will go as well by the summer.
2: So yeah, by the summer. Yeah, I, I think could have two DP slots. Yeah, I think in bomb uh, Ali Adnan. I think he. I think I think he could go with this in January. Mm. The way the talk is going on, and there's always clubs looking for that um, that kind of pick me up in the, in January. January is hard to find transfers, and yeah. somebody's willing to transfer somebody out, they, they'll take it. So. It, It would be be a good move for him, let's be
1: honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if he ends up going to Turkey, if it's one of the bigger clubs that's still in Europe or something like that, or going to be in Europe next year. And he's always said that he wants to to play at the the highest level. And you did feel that Vancouver was maybe going to be a stopgap. L- losing him so soon, I think, would be a very tough blow, especially because they're having so many other places to try and fill just now.
3: I think the one good thing about his deal in July being permanent and all that kind of stuff is it, it should mean, in theory, that they will get more for him. If he was on yeah. a two two plus two, yeah. two or more year deal, or, or they probably sell it as he's on a four-year deal, four-year deal, two plus two, um, that they should be able to get more, more for him, which they should in theory, recuperate not only what they paid, they should recuperate what they paid for him and make money off of him. Well,
1: you would hope so. But July was another match-heavy month. Seven more games, 2-0-0 draws, was the best that they could show for it by, by the end. And we'll save the worst to last. Or which, the best, depending on your perspective. Well, yes, true. It, it's arguably... Scott
3: Strasser is listening to this, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's arguably not the the worst. And I think we all know what we're talking about. But we're we're going to... Kick the month off with an absolute hammering in LA, but you could say, may have been the worst. Well, it's only only if you count like after like the first ten minutes of play. Oh yeah. If, I mean, we, if you just count who made... scored first, if
3: you count just yeah. who scored first,
1: I saw that. Man. You guys
3: said let's make this fun.
1: Yeah, who's on first?
3: Yeah, who's on first?
1: Jordy Reyna. Yeah, because we we made them a bit angry. Yeah. It's like. If if we showed teams anything and teams didn't learn from this, don't <laughs> score first against L A F C at home. Yeah. You just kinda open the floodgates it's, to Mordor. It, it's like taking
3: <laughs> it's like taking a, a stick to like a bee's nest, a beehive, no. poking it.
1: Don't poke. Don't poke the bear. Reena opened to score in five minutes in. LA then hit six unanswered goals as the Caps tried to, to pass the heavy loss off on just being another victim of a rampant LA side. Just
2: another victim. Yeah. Just There victim. is some truth in
1: that though. Because they did hammer a lot of teams at home. And I, I still haven't actually seen the match. Because I was caught in a thunderstorm that well, knocked her internet out. One, well, one day
3: you and, and Steve
1: could sit down and watch that and the voices go. Oh, you're in for a treat, but no spoilers. <laughs> I've spoiled mine sadly already. I because I, once the internet came back on, I thought I'm gonna just see the score because I want to know if it's worth watching. Where were you? Ooh. Um just on the Morgan. Alberta border. Oh. I forget the name of the town. Gold, um, golden or golden. Field? Golden. Yeah, yeah. golden. Uh it wasn't Golden. <laughs> It was torrential flooding, but it cleared up the next day. And we went to to Lake Louise, and it was lovely.
2: You are correct in the uh, the whole letting LA score first because Seattle did, and they beat them in that conference semifinal. So it did work then mm. for Seattle's favor. Mm. So maybe Seattle, Seattle didn't score first. So yeah, it's very good for your team yeah. there that they that they let LAFC score first. Yeah.
1: There was two further big league defeats that followed that. There was a 3-0 home loss to SKC on July 13th. Not a a game one. that Kansas City thought had turned their season around. Yeah, they were wrong. Then 4-0 defeat at New England 4 days later. And an, another time where you've not you've got a big trip out east at short notice. It just happened so many times to the White Caps last year. Thankfully it doesn't look like it's going to be happening this year. When you
3: say short notice, what do you mean like they didn't get the schedule? Well f- four
1: days turnaround. <laughs> oh right, okay. And one of those days is obviously match day, so really a three day turnaround and a day after it as well. Now the New England game saw the White Caps hold out until first half stoppage time. They were still in it as well, right into the last ten minutes of the game, but they gave three goals up in the last eight minutes and we we praised their fighting spirit when we were talking about how they came back in some games in in Ju- June and July and stuff like that they did give up in those last 10 minutes yeah. in New England that was just a, a horror horror show in New England no it was not good you and it was it was like it was just it was
3: depressing right like yeah. they're going from the the game against the goats uh to the game against uh SKC and then and then this, it was like, what was it, like it was 11-1?
1: It was the aggregate? Do yeah. you know what? It, and in between that as well, there was oh, sorry. The, the, you had the Cavalry 13-1. game as well. 13-1. Um, which was a 0-0, which we'll, we'll yeah. come to at the end. But I, I was starting to think, do you know what? I don't think this is going to be our year. I don't think we'll be having a parade. Usually you say that like in April. Yeah. I'd, I'd come round a bit in May. <laughs> I usually do. I'm quite down in April. Yeah. The Prince song. Sometimes it snows in April. That's like my brain watching the Whitecaps. It just—it's like a snowfall in a blizzard. But could things get better? No. <laughs> Although, yes, in one way, because the following week the Whitecaps fell three-one to San Jose. They went a goal up. The month of misery, at least, finished with something of a high—a point in a nil-nil draw with Minnesota. Yes. That's what the season had come to. A nil-nil draw at home was a success. That's kind of how you could look at it. That's pretty sad.
2: But it was a short-lived success.
1: It was. Because we'll we'll end our little look at July. But the the two-game series with Cavalry FC. Canadian Championship. A thing the Whitecaps have won only once in their history.
3: Under coach Carl Carl Robinson. Robinson.
1: You like to mention... All his successes. Well,
3: people like to mention things they didn't like about him. So yeah. I figure someone should highlight. Yeah. some Yeah, but
1: well, when you do look at the highlights, which we will kind of come to a little. They bit. They seem like
3: lofty heights now,
1: don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do, and pretty much all the highs were in Carl Robinson's era. So he can take a lot of credit. It comes for back that. to
3: our team of the year. We got yeah.
1: a f- oh, yeah. We got f- Oh yes, I never end up putting that up in the site. I'll need to do something yeah. about that. Well, we didn't ever finish the subs. No. We, we can, can work that. Maybe part five. We'll, we'll do that in WhatsApp. WhatsApp. We'll live stream our WhatsApp chat. But the Cavalry game. It was a 0-0 draw in Calgary. Tell us more about it because you made the trip. I loved that trip and I hope to, to do it again. Assuming we get past Pacific FC or FC Edmonton, I hope to do it again. <laughs> and I, I hope that they get past Forge because I don't really fancy a, a July trip to Hamilton, I have to say. But... Uh, a trip to Calgary again in July would be good. It was nil nil. Spruce Meadows, if you get a chance to go, highly recommend it. It's a fun venue. It's a very unique venue. The press box food was obviously fantastic as well uh, because they had a dessert buffet. And anything that has a, a dessert <laughs> buffet for someone with no teeth like myself, it, it's a wonderful thing. You've no teeth? I have a lot of teeth missing from my, my sweet toothedness. Oh, they're going to say from your yeah Time. the doc- battles at baywater the doctor has filled my mouth more times than i care to mention bay- baywater or bywater i always get it wrong bayview bayview no what's the name of your ground i thought you were gonna say my dentist because no, that's neither no. of those things <laughs> bayview is a bayview ground, right
3: yeah. i gotta how can i forget that because we have a view of the bay yeah i i'll tell you why later oh, okay i grew up at a church called bayview oh there. you grew up in the church
1: well like uh, going to oh being the, a part of the community like a orphan or something If you are, that's a very sad way for you to now tell that tale. (laughs) Let's quickly move on to something less sad. Calgary came to BC Place and destroyed the Whitecaps. Well, two one, but they two away goals. Fantastic performance. One of the worst results for the the Whitecaps in their MLS era.
2: They were never in that game at all. They were just. It was just like it was well deserved. They were in a daze. It seemed like the whole game. They were never woken up.
1: so when you look
3: back on this game, it, like I, I wholeheartedly believe, like Mark Desantis really thought we're having a terrible year. I want to make my mark. Like, oh, he I,
1: want, he wanted to to win this tournament. So
3: somehow that did not translate to his players. I don't think in either
1: leg. But like it showed, no. it, it
3: felt like they didn't care enough.
1: And it's, well, he didn't put out a weak team because that first no. leg in, in Calgary, no. that was a pretty strong team he put out. We also have to mention as well one of my favorite moments when I was taking photos behind the goal and Andy Rose kicked the ball over and it hit the little kid that was in front of me. Oh, <laughs> tri- in training. In, face. in training? No, it was a warm-up Oh, right, day. right, yeah, warm-up. Yeah. And, oh, in Calgary. Yeah, in and Calgary. the reward for the little boy for that pain was, was he- getting to go in the White Cats locker room after the game. Not really sure that was a reward. That's yeah. And as I pointed out at the time, lucky escape because if I hadn't pushed the little kid in front of me, that ball was going to hit at me straight camera. in the face. Hey, so,
3: wait, was it before the game or after the game? <laughs>
1: It was before the game. Well, it, was at least, in, it was in the warm up. At
3: least it wasn't. No, but no. When did he go in the locker room? Oh, after the game. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> a yeah. goalless draw. Yes. At, yeah, that would that would not. He have would been, have heard some choice words. The, I feel the, that day. The players would not have been excited to, you know, Andy yeah. Rose probably would not have been super like, hey. Oh,
1: no. no, at least it wasn't after the second leg because I think. Oh, that, that would be have even been worse. A lot worse. That to go would. Worse. But this year's edition. We've got Edmonton or Pacific in the first round, and then get through that, and it's it's likely to be Hamilton yeah. or Calgary.
3: Let's not let's not presume that, they'll, that Vancouver no. will get through that.
1: But it's a it's a good draw. We talked about it the last oh, time, yeah. and this should be if we play to our strengths, we should get to the final. Vancouver should be. In Can the final. we start the 2020s off with another Canadian championship?
2: Um, yeah, it's their second one. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I don't see why not. I think they will. You think they yeah. will? It's too, uh, I uh, stake uh, my uh, reputation on it. <laughs> what reputation? At, at this Shh.
3: moment, at this moment, I would say they're not going to win the Voyagers Cup. Oh,
1: is that because we don't have eleven players? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 that plays into it. <laughs> when you look at
3: the actual squads at the moment. I know the, well, I, I know the, I know hey, the, we're going gonna... to Canadian contingent. I know the, the, I know the CPL teams are even smaller at the moment. But <laughs> yes, that's I, true. I, I, I don't see them beating like Toronto or Montreal at the moment if they win mm. the final.
1: And if the rumors are true, and Pamiduka is going to be the Pacific FC coach, Ka, he's got history he's in the Pamudu Canadian
2: championship. He's, he's celebrated really well. Yeah, maybe he'll Ka. be on the
1: sideline for that game on his, little, yeah, on his yeah, hoverboard, hoverboard.
3: Yeah, coaching on a fantastic. hoverboard I don't think the people at BC Place like that hoverboard so much for the surf oh
2: I don't think it made that much of a difference uh well you
3: should <laughs> you should see their reaction to they drive us like a Zamboni spraying water I don't yeah, but think that hoverboards those, those tires are wider and less oh, you know. oh
1: okay yeah I mean it was such a good pitch it would be assumed to waste it anyway <laughs> maybe that's that, why they didn't get rings that was the month of July <laughs> now on to August now, that was 36 Crazy Fists with the end of August.
5: The it end, looked, it of, the end like, of
3: August It looked like someone just went like this on the keyboard typing.
1: <laughs> you know mash up the keyboard Let's see what it comes out Well that, that m- sort of matched my mood for August Because the end of August <laughs> was when the Whitecaps Were officially eliminated From the MLS playoff race You could say it was April But no <laughs> it, it was officially In August and it was only a six game Month in August it was a nice easy month that was in part due to losing to Cavalry the month before and not having any more Canadian Championship games to play. It started off somewhat positively after the horrors of July with two wins out of three, but then finished with three straight losses. The toilet bowl was played out in Cincinnati on August 3rd. The Caps fell behind in the sixth minute, but a long-range Korean missile from Inbomb Wong levelled things up before halftime. And the match winner came. Oh, the unlikeliest match winner possible. Six minutes remaining. Felipe Martins puts it away. First goal of the season. Gives the Whitecaps a win. Now, down with that kind of thing, he was traded two days later. Because we're not having that. We're We're not having players... they go and score goals that win matches.
2: And then I, I think I messaged you after the game or something like that. They go, if they're going to trade him, they got to trade him now. Yeah. I messaged him yeah, right now. I'm, the
3: glad, highest it was I'm, ever I'm be. glad we have a WhatsApp thing now so that I can get
1: in on some of yeah. moments. Yeah. It was, it, I, I was pleased for him because I liked Philippe He was a, a nice guy. Nice, really nice guy. One of your favorite he interviews. Just, yeah. He just did not fit in.
3: Did you ever play with the, the Mark DeSantis way? Did you ever, well, he did in one sense. I think his mentality and attitude did. I think maybe the level he performed at didn't. Mm. Is did that I, fair?
1: Yeah. Did I ever play what? Did
3: you ever play the fullness of? I did. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now the following week, it was another Cascadia Derby. First year, I did not go to any of the the games down in Cascadia. I
3: didn't go to. I didn't go to the fishing village, but I went to this one.
1: Didn't go to the Seattle game because it was just after Bailey's passing, and this one I just could not be arsed, and when Theo Bayer scored his wonder goal to tie things up in the 38th minute I was kicking myself and I was like oh I so wish I'd gone just to have been there talk to Theo after the game but by the end of it and a 3-1 loss I was kind of over that I was like nah I'm totally fine the next week though the Whitecaps saw off Fat Granny Shagger Wayne Rooney's <laughs> DC United thanks to Jordi Reyna's 18th minute low Long Ranger it was the
3: only goal of the game,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. Was... I mean, after that, there was nothing for Wayne Rooney to to, no. to achieve in MLS, so he had to leave. Yeah. Getting well, beat by the Whitecaps, that was it.
2: And he, uh, made, the Vancouver made international headlines oh, yeah. that week too. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> Wasn't he partying after? Yes. Yeah. With and some new friends? Or... No grannies involved. <laughs> Although he did, he did say that it was not what the papers made it out to be. That lady just happened to be getting into the elevator the same time as him. How did that get into the papers? And was getting... dot dot dot. It was Rebecca
2: Vardy. Oh, well, allegedly. Allegedly. Oh. Yeah.
1: Wait, what? <laughs>
2: she was also, but she was, was that's
3: that's a joke, obviously. Okay, okay. Um,
2: the, uh, but also, I think that same lady was at the limo too when they were coming out of the, whatever club they went to. What well. a coincidence! Yeah, what a coincidence.
1: Just, she, she was following them around. Yeah, she her limo just arrived at the same time. <laughs> now, the individual performance of this season was next up on August twenty fourth. Max Crippot set the MLS game record for saves, 16 of them. He did let two in, so it could have been 18. So ultimately that was a terrible performance by him. He let three? Was it wasn't a 3-1? I thought it was a 2-1 loss. 3-1 no, was, was the loss in July. No, it was 3-1. Three, to ah. San Jose. Oh, maybe you're right.
3: a goal here there. Yeah. Wow, he could have had 19 saves. That makes it even
1: worse. What kind of a goalkeeper is he?
3: It's one of those, we talked about it at the time, I remember. It's one of those kind of records where you're like, yay, a record. And then you're like, oh, it's because your defense is so
1: terrible. They let up so many shots. I must have blocked
2: out the the other goal. Do you want me to tell you who the other goal yeah. was? Yeah, Okay.
1: Tell us who scored.
2: Yeah, they were both 3-1 games, right?
1: Jit Nervinsky gave the Caps the lead. I do remember that.
2: That is correct. Judson, Wondolowski, and Andre Rios. Ah, right. yeah. Where's Andre
1: Rios? 3-1 loss, then.
2: Andres Rios. Now I'm I'm 70, joking, joking
1: joking I think that he could have had nineteen saves, but Mac's performance that day was basically the epitome of what he meant to the team. Yeah. And like goalkeepers, they're an important and a unique kind of breed of player. Years ago, Brian Clough, when Peter Shelton was the goalkeeper at Nottingham Forest, Brian Clough said having Peter Shelton in goal was basically the equivalent of having one goal in a game. Max Krupov was kind of like that for the Whitecaps when he was in top form. It was it was as good as having a goal because he was facing so many shots and having to just yeah. keep. And so if much he out. wasn't
2: on form in that game, uh, oh, well, the well, Whitecaps yeah. could have set the MLS goal against record. Yeah. Uh, Wando, could have, <laughs> Wando could have Wando could have broken the record. Yeah, yeah. Well, you he'd
3: no, already broken the record. Oh, yeah. had he Okay, yeah.
1: That could have got ugly. Yeah,
3: so ugly was ugly. Yeah,
1: but I mean Max. Fantastic individual performance that day. What do you see him meaning to this team coming into twenty twenty? My I have my concern
3: is this. Like, yeah, he he played well. I think he's continued to develop and grow as a keeper. I think there's a lot of positive and upside to him. I think going into this year, even more, like definitely more so than going into last year, and maybe even more so than during the season last year there might be too much expected of him that's that's my little my one concern for him would be are they expecting him to say to save every game uh, and and how will he react to that? I think he can react well to that. I think he can still, you know, maybe
1: give him give yeah. him some
3: goals. He, well, he, my hope he, is, you wouldn't is he's expect, not
1: going to be relied upon so
2: much because yeah. we're gonna have a yeah. better defense and, and midfield and to if stop he, it. If mean, he has to come up with big saves, I don't think Max has an issue with that. No, know? I don't, I don't like, think he, he wants to be in the game. I don't. All. I don't
3: think. I don't think he has an issue with that either. But my thing is, I think he's gonna let in some goals where they would like expect him to make that big yeah. save I mean, and then, every he does
1: no I know but I, mean, I just that's just a thing I just think coming out of yeah. last year
3: where it's like he was like the well, the highlight of the yeah. year yeah he's
1: also had two fantastic seasons as well in a row because yes. USL with Ottawa he was True. the goalkeeper of the year then he's had this season it's a high high level to live up to and we saw it with David Ooster he had a couple of high seasons and then he had a we, bit of a dip I mean you saw what happened to Ottawa Fury without him they literally died yeah there, there was no point in going on they felt but he also doesn't have anyone right now that's pushing him. Obviously, someone is going to come in, but he needs a, a strong backup to be pushing him. and well, just keep I don't him know about working. pushing
3: him, maybe playing against him in training. I don't know pushing that sounds... Yeah.
1: But that was the, the first of three losses that Sunday's game to round off the month. There was a 2-1 loss in Montreal and a 3-1 loss at home to NYCFC at the end of August that officially put the Whitecaps out of playoff contention. That was a sad, the NYC, if yeah. That was, yeah. In amongst those games, though, there were some new additions. Michael Chirinos and Tossant Ricketts. Ricketts, staying around, glad to see that. Back in the Canada squad as well for the, this camp that's coming up.
3: It's, 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 uh, but it's like a domestic yes. Canada camp,
1: yeah. Uh, Chirinos. I'm trying lots of different ways. Chirinos. You used to like that? to say Chirinos. Yeah, Chirinos. It doesn't look like he's coming back. The White Caps had till the end of December to buy him. They haven't, as far as we know. Reports from down there are suggesting that the Caps wanted another loan deal, and he as the player doesn't. So right now, that leaves the Caps looking for another winger, amongst all the other things that they're currently looking for. I, I'm I'm like honestly 50-50. If he came back, he'd be happy because he showed some good flashes. If he doesn't I do think there's better talents you, we can bring I in. I agree. Better talents, there's better sure. talent. There's
2: not only better, but at least there's equal talent that yeah. they could bring in. That's not you, the end of you the But you'd hope world. to
1: be aiming for, yeah. for better. Yeah. No, I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he was a good player. If he doesn't come back, eh, so be it. One player that did sign, Georges Um Recency signing. Got some minutes in the last game of the season. Do you expect to see him making a breakthrough in the first team? Or is he one of these guys that you might expect to see loaned out? I, I expect
2: loaned out for sure, uh, especially at like the beginning. CPL loaned out? Yeah, CPL or somewhere. They loan them out, especially at the beginning of the season, if they don't have that touring team. If they have the touring team, then they could be like that. And it was also announced
1: in August that the long overdue search for a sporting director was finally underway. That was, sparked, the, that was September. Oh, yes. it was September. Yeah, but the, the, yeah. the launch was in August, and it was sparked by the stepping down of club president Robert... Lino Well, I mean, we like to say lurking in the shadows now. Well, no, he he's done the the Walmart meet a greet.er <laughs> Is,
3: that, is yeah. that how you say it? Yeah. So, but no, but he's no longer the president of football operations. He's the what is it? Uh, what's the name? Consultant? No,
1: it's ambassador? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't actually remember what his what his title is. But it, some folk will say it was long overdue. Some folk. Yeah. He's still an icon in Vancouver soccer. Like, like like, him or not, what he has done for this club as a player, oh. as a manager, even as an executive, it's like it can't, it can't be proved. Totally. He's to- part of Vancouver's totally. Whitecaps history.
3: I, totally. I agree with you on that. Like, you, you never take away from the fact that he has done so much for football in this city, in this province, in this country. However, I, Michael, I'd say more than some folk were happy for him to no longer be in that in that role for multiple reasons.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, I, I think he should have gone before now because he was getting so much flack and some of it wasn't deserved because he was getting the blame for everything, for stuff that he didn't do. And it's the Whitecaps' fault for keeping putting him up there and for not explaining exactly whose oh, roles were what. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Nobody
2: knew what anybody's roles
5: were. Yeah. But, and
1: we'll but, talk a little bit more about that in December because yeah. we've we've lost another member of the executive board and what that might mean for the, the future of the club. Now, before we get to September, one last thing for the month of August. The most important, right? The most important, definitely. There was a big birthday for AFTN in September. August 11th, AFTN turned 30. Because it was on that day... 30 years ago that I launched Away From The Numbers, AFTN, as a fanzine, from my bedroom in Scotland. Now, look where we've come in 30 years. We have a radio show on the other side of the world. From Michael's Bedroom in Scotland. Is that the name of your memoir? Yeah. Oh, the tales from Michael's Bedroom
3: in Scotland. I met met a girl on Our Lady Peace chat
1: room. Yeah, from my bedroom in Scotland, funnily enough.
5: Yeah. That
3: could be like your version of, you know, when you read um, Fortune Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, you just add
1: from Michael's bedroom, it's co- gone. <laughs> but now, 30 years later, I've been exiled to the other side of the planet. Ex- uh, this is your choice. Exile. L- let's let's <laughs> keep up the this was my choice to have to leave Scotland story. Yeah.
5: Uh, That's right. Michael's
1: here of his own free will. Yes, I am. <laughs> different times. Different times. But happy birthday to AFTN. We've come a long way in 30 years. Here's another 30 years. I'll be 80, but I think I can still do it. But that was the months of July and August. We're going to be back after the break with the rest of the year. Hi,
4: I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Muscum Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. That was Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2. Important to stress Part 2, because there's three parts to, to that. From Pink Floyd's classic The Wall album... You could say this also part four because there was a Southsiders version that we've sung down when we've played in the US. <laughs> you ain't got no education. You ain't got no gun control. Hey, you, Sounders, find your way back home. Yeah, saying sang when they
3: came here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We sang it down there. I can't remember if yeah, that we sang fun. down there either. Yeah. But yeah, that was played that because was that was the number one song in the UK. In 1979. 1979 went into 1980. There you go. Do you know what was number one in Canada as the 70s became the 80s?
3: Not a clue. Well. But you're going to tell us after It wasn't down. so
1: good. It was a song called Babe by Styx. Oh, yeah. Okay. Robert Holmes's Escape, the Pina Colada song, was number one in the US. I think that's the one that goes, I'm drinking Pina Colada. Yeah, that's the one. And getting drunk in the rain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Steve's telling me to hurry up. He's n- not a big fan Steve's of giving, Steve's giving you music. the substitution symbol, which means hurry up. The Long Run by the Eagles was the number one album in the US in the 70s and 80s. No, he 80s. said hurry up. Led Zeppelin's In Through the Outdoor was the number one album in Canada with Rod Stewart's Greatest Hits Volume 1, the album of choice in the UK. So it he was celebrating the number one album as the 70s became the 80s. In the, Didn't it, he just get arrested yeah, this weekend? Or th- this new year he got arrested Who? because him and his son, Rod Stewart, for punching a security guard at a hotel in Florida.
3: Oh, I thought he maybe was with, like, Fraser Ayrd
1: in the stands. <laughs> <No>. Yeah, <laughs> we <we're laughs> doing the gesticulations. So that was different new years for Rod Stewart, 40 years apart. There you go. But now it's time to get to the months of September. Let's move into the month of September and I have to say by September the season could not end quickly enough for me and I'm sure many others. There was an international break to kick things off which meant only three Whitecaps games this month. Hooray! And we were unbeaten in the month of September so it actually proved to be a great month. Well, Two wins and a
2: they, draw. They wish they had more games. Than yeah. They
1: we played some nice football as well which was all frustratingly too little, too late because it was as if the weight of playoff expectation had been lifted from their shoulders, and they're like, hey. It was like they're playing for the can jobs. actually play, yeah. We started off with a 2-1 home win over Houston. Freddie Montero started his super sub role, 90th minute winner in that one. A week later, a 1-0 draw at home to Columbus. Freddie was at it again, tying it up with an even later goal, 94th minute, to equalise that game. But sadly, we only got to see two parts of his Hear No Evil, Speak No Evil, See No Evil celebrations. We didn't get the See No Evil. I wanted to see if he was going to trip and fall over the, the, the barriers, but no. Will we maybe get to see the third part in 2020? Do you expect to see Freddie Montero take the pitch for the Whitecaps in a Whitecaps jersey in 2020? I saw him the other day. I
3: said, hey, how are you doing? He, he said, hey, I got a two-year contract. Oh. <laughs> Did he sell you
1: any coffee? <laughs> was he full of beans?
3: Oh, man. I don't know. He's got a two-year contract. And and he does and, have a two-year contract. And, and who, like, who's Are living? you sure? I, I think I, we could double-check the okay. tape, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's that could he, be the title of his memoir. Yeah. <laughs> the, <white caps. laughs> the Colombian. I got a two-year
1: contract. But a quick yes or no. Do you think he'll be kicking off in a white caps jersey first kick? From the substitutes bench, maybe.
2: I think you. I think if it was the Whitecaps' choice and his choice, he'd would be in Seattle. Yeah, I think. But, uh, but, but I don't think uh, that's the Sounders. No, no, exactly. That's yeah. that's where the problem is. It I, I think he Sounders will choice. be.
1: I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to thrive, and we're going to be bringing out finally our Freddie Effing Montero t-shirts.
3: But will be the context of the of the word Effing? it would be like the super excited one you should have, or be like, "Oh, Freddie."
1: Nah, that was my Daniel Henry ones. Anyway, the last game of the month produced one of the unlikeliest results of the season. Would you agree?
2: Oh, unlikeliest? So. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah.
1: The White Caps. Oh, headed yeah, to Ellie and won against the Galaxy. An absolute
2: cracker. And the way the Galaxy needed three. this game, too. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, this screwed the Galaxy yeah. over big time. The Caps went ahead three times through three Canadians. Daniel Henry. The deer departed to Neil Henry. I miss them already. Do you? A little bit.
5: Hmm.
1: Theo Bear to Ricketts. Each time, though, they were pegged back. Then, bam! 93rd minute. Michael Cheery with the winner. What a game. It, it really was a fantastic game. Totally unexpected. And I put a little skip in my step to, to end the season, I've got to say.
2: I think... Yeah, i like <laughs> No, no, like you said, it was a totally unlikely win. Galaxies seemed like they were... They were just... They were needed to win so badly that they were going for it. That's yeah. where Chirinos got that, like, winner.
1: There should be more games, just end-to-end, where both teams just go for it. It was, like, just fantastic stuff. Now, September was also season ticket renewal month. And the Whitecaps came up with a unique strategy of allowing fans to cancel their season tickets at the end of January and get a full refund if they're not happy with how the signings have been going. So let's just have a, a quick look at our signings calculator just now. Lucas Cavallini.
3: well, That's yeah. it. Well, is, what's the the centre-back Godoy is not official yet.
1: It's not official. It's basically been announced in Spanish media down there that he is... Signed with the white cap so it's he's, he's likely to get an. But the thing is, day. with
2: with him, the people who are who are going to cancel um, are not going to be swayed by that because he's been was already a Whitecaps player. you last were talking year. about Goodoy. Goodoy, yes, he was a white Whitecaps player, so that's not True. really going to sway at all. There's no. But Cavallini,
3: do you think like
2: no? There's not. That's not going to be enough for the I mean, average fan either. That that's upset with the team.
1: And it's had a much more positive response, though I think. But. For folk that are wavering and on the fence, I don't think... As things stand just now, there's not been enough done no. to get a, the majority of any waverers.
3: Maybe we won't get into this keep... now. We'll get into it when we get, come to December. Yeah. But there are other things that people wanted to see that began to happen well, yes. in December that were were, con- yeah. were were significant concerns for people.
1: But you've also got the fact as well that there's still a couple of weeks till preseason kicks off. Mark DeSantis and Axel Schuster both said <laughs> that... They hope to have the core of the squad together by the time that preseason kicks off. So what I'm thinking, remember before the MLS inaugural season kicked off, they had that countdown. It was a oh, thirty yeah. day countdown. Yeah. Maybe they're gonna do like a twelve day countdown to preseason where they're gonna release a player that's signed every day. Yeah, there you go. Who will we get painted naked though in the white cap strip? You mean the models? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a model. It will give you a player. Yeah. Player, wag, supporter. <laughs> supporter. Us I, I like, if the white cats listen to this I'm willing to get naked and get painted <coughs> in a white cap strip if you' announce a player every day from Monday good luck with it yeah I'm looking forward to also wanted to be covered in paint How do I get out of this hole <laughs> I know let's move to the month of October
4: Great coats of the infantry Victims looking for sympathy. October swimmers,
1: the J.J. 72 with October Swimmer there. And the, there I is, didn't know J.J. did music. Yeah, he's, he does. he's a talented guy.
0: He's a Ra- very Raiders
1: fan, though, so he's obviously not that good. Raiders
3: of the Lost Ark, I like that mm. film.
1: Yeah, it's good. Now October does actually tie in with getting painted because you do, as Steve pointed out, paint your body and your face in October for Halloween. Ah, uh, you got to be careful with that. Yeah, I, I know because uh, it's like my costume this year did not go down. Yeah,
3: well. but maybe don't talk about it. Maybe I don't want. I don't want to hear what you're going to say. Now. Hmm.
1: Next year I'm going to go as the cast of cats.
3: You're just trying to. <laughs> you're just trying to be like a huge vase Now we didn't talk about Golden Globes, did we? No.
1: Be? What did you think? I. I almost wore my Art Brute t-shirt Saying popular culture no longer applies to me I, I had no yeah. idea What most of these shows were Or who the, the actors and actresses I were knew,
3: I knew most of the actors And actresses and directors and stuff But yeah, like very few of the films And TV shows
1: I've I had actually
2: I knew of them but I, I hadn't watched very many of them well, I, well, I don't have
1: Netflix, though of Amazon Prime Although we do now have Netflix Because we've had an account
2: on Caitlin's dad's account So you <laughs> don't have to pay for it that way uh, I I've, I've seen I've I've heard of most of these. I've watched an episode or two, of like the Joker. You saw the Joker or Joker? The Joker. Not
3: the but there's
1: Joker. some like I, there's some films I want to see that, and some TV shows that sound really good. I just haven't watch got them, time yeah. to watch them. That's yeah,
2: I, I'm not gonna. I, the, some of these movies I'm, I don't. First of all, The Irishman is like three hours and thirty minutes, and I'm not. Gonna well, watch it's on Netflix. That. I haven't watched. Yeah, that, I'm is. not gonna watch that. No, because it's three hours and thirty minutes. You know, you don't have to
3: watch it all at once.
2: That defeats the purpose of a movie for me. Yeah, it's like, just take it like a mini
3: series. You watch it half hour at a time. So it's about Robbie Keane, right?
0: <laughs> and and his time and in his MLS? time in no, MLS, yeah, probably. Yeah, what's yeah. Oliver playing? It's a, oh, <laughs> a Martin Scorsese
3: documentary on Robbie Keane. Um, what did you think of uh, the guy from the down south of you there, uh, Ricky Gervais, and his
1: love Ricky? I wanted him to be more offensive. More? He was pretty offensive. Yeah, it wasn't enough for me. Yeah, okay. I just love the offense.
2: The it point was need, very offensive for American television. Yeah, yeah,
1: they need to get somebody like Jerry Sadovitz to, to host it. Yeah, I don't Never know. Never going to happen. No, if you don't know who Jerry Sadovitz don't is... Don't Google it. No, definitely Google, like, Not at work. D- not at work. Definitely not at work. <laughs> and not suitable for those of a sensitive nature. nature. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get into October. Okay, back into October. Yeah. We were put out for misery. The season ended... And somewhat fittingly, it ended as it began, with a loss at home to a Western Conference rival. This time it was 1-0 to RSL. Crylatch was released and got <laughs> to only go in the 28th minute.
3: This was the, g- <laughs> this was the game. I totally forgot the guy had scored at the end of the game. I was just like, oh, 0-0, that's not a bad <laughs> way to the season. That's kind of the season it was. Everyone's like, what, what are you talking about? We
4: lost
1: 1-0. That's what happens when you're back to the game and you're you shouting through your megaphone. There, yeah, it's true. Big you thing miss from out that on some game, of the misery. Yeah, it's maybe. It's, maybe we should all do that. Nick Romando, that was his last regular season game. He will be missed, but his departure has allowed Zach McMath an opportunity in RSL. So to be a number one again yeah. until they bring in like a
3: former American
1: keeper yes. from Europe. I really enjoyed speaking to to Nick Romando after that game. He was he was a great guy to speak to. He's been great to watch in the league since we joined yeah. MLS, and he's a legend. And I really do hope they name the goalkeeper of the year trophy after him because I think he deserves it's it. It's better than Landy Cakes. for yeah. Never
3: he's
2: to win he's it, very Yeah, you know that's ironic that
1: yeah, right. he never won the trophy. He's
3: very uh, like respectful dude. Like he, yeah. I don't know. I just appreciate when I hear interviews with him, and but also very honest and can be blunt when needed.
1: Yeah. Now it was a relief, really, that the season was over. Was it ever? If you were, what word would you use to describe the season?
3: We did this at the time. Yeah. And what did I say? Uh... Disappointing. disappointing, frustrating,
1: yeah. shambolic, something like that. Yeah, I think that's all fair. It wasn't long after that, though, the Whitecaps re- releases started to come thick and fast. Rolling. Most of them weren't really a surprise. Scott Sutter, a little bit of a surprise. I was hoping he was going to hang about. He was gone. Brett Levi's PC, although initially he wasn't released, but later he was. Sean Melvin, Brendan McDonough, all gone. Daniil Henry's option was not reviewed, and we'll find out why next month. Spoiler. Last Bangura, Joaquin Ardiez went back to their loan clubs, and Anthony Blondell got his transfer, transfer go. to Chile. Do we, do we know if they made their last money on that? I think they probably broke even, or maybe made a little bit of a profit. Away from, from Whitecaps and MLS, the first CPL champs were crowned, so congratulations to Forge FC. Boo! It's not as if they weren't given every opportunity to do everything they wanted this year. I'm Sorry. still disappointed that cavalry aren't going to really be remembered because of the season that they had yeah. in the history books and years to come. folk are just going to see Forge's yeah, name. It's, it's unfortunate. It's I, I mean, very unfortunate. I
3: like you know Alan Alan Gorman and the Barnsley Battalion guy. Like they're they're good guys and oh yeah, I, I appreciate like, I them. Love, but love them. But like yeah, it's disappointing that the cavalry did not win. Yeah,
1: and overall. How, how would you sum up what the CPL achieved in this first season? Uh,
3: well, I think they, the football was better than we thought it was going to be. And I think, you know, if you want to go back to like one word, it was historic. Uh, you know, if you want to do a phrase, it's like a step in the right direction. Uh, like they got the ball rolling. Uh, I'm just, I'm really excited, obviously, at the possibilities and what this can mean for the future of both club and the national team football here in Canada.
2: It met all my expectations. Like uh, that's the, that's amazing. No, not no. It met the expectations I expected. Like I, I expected very low expectations. Them, no, uh, no. I expected them to have problems because I uh, we mentioned it so many times. I, I thought this was a soft launch. Yeah. For them, and so I expected them to have issues. Um, the biggest thing i was disappointed was the television uh, yeah. the, the streaming yes. the television that was the biggest disappointment other than that um i really had very little problem with because for
3: me like i would through. not describe it as a perfect season No, for, no. Like, there was, but a it lot was of the
2: the, growing pains but i yeah. the didn't schedule expect them. was horrific I, I didn't expect them to have a perfect season yeah. i it would have been i think it would have been very close to getting better if they had the that eighth team the uh, seventh team uh, i think hurt them big time rip Ottawa fury Yeah.
1: And, I mean, you said history. There was so much history made. Mm-hmm. You had the first goal scorer. You had the first champions. You had the first sacking, which happened in BC, which yep. was Michael Silberbauer. And Pacific FC haven't officially announced their new coach. And as we said, there's rumours that it's going to be Pamaduka. The funny thing
2: is, is the somebody did a... Um, what's that... Um, What's that soccer uh, simulation? I can't remember. Football, oh, manager? Fo- yeah. football manager. They did a Football Manager of CPL yeah. a y- year and a half or two years ago, and the first coach that was fired was the Victoria coach. Whoever the like, I oh. don't, they didn't they have a, they didn't name it Pacific FC. Uh, I think it was actually the BC coach. But it wasn't even Vic, uh, Victoria. It was like they thought Fraser Valley. Yeah. So they thought th- that Fraser Valley coach was fired. First. I mean, that
1: was obviously the big disappointment as well that there wasn't a team here. Hopefully, twenty twenty one, we will have this team here. For, I'm I'm with Steve. It kind of met my expectations and went beyond because I thought the quality was way better. One soccer and the CPL need to sort something out with, with their coverage. I'd start by getting rid of Curtis Larson, but yeah. that's just... i okay He's with clearly that. not going to go anywhere, but he just spoils everything really for me.
3: Yeah, he is uh, maybe they like him for that. I don't know if they fully grasp that like I said anyone that actually likes though no, Kurt Larson. The I've thing never
2: is, seen anyone go my, oh, I love listening my to My biggest Kurt. problem with Kurt Larson is that my if I if I were watching it every week, my mute button would be like very worn. Yeah. yeah. Like that would be the biggest problem with it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he I'm sorry. I don't have any respect for someone who was so disrespectful of the league before it started. And then when they gave him a paycheck, he's like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. Like I just And I,
1: then he criticizes people that criticize yeah, the league yeah, now. Yeah. And it's like, hmm.
3: There's yeah. lack there's a lack of integrity there on the uh, when it comes to that specifically that I just find very frustrating.
1: Well that was October. And you know what usually follows October? November. Morrissey spawning a monster in November, just like the MLS did when they crowned Seattle champions. Yes, a monster was spawned. Seattle Sounders. Became MLS Cup champions. Another MLS do, Cup won by a
3: rival. Do we have to keep talking about your 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 celebrations in yeah. the locker room and your donut munching friend and yeah. you being you being showered with champagne from Ladero's posse and all that?
1: Hey, I haven't washed since then. Smell you can smell the. <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Me.
3: I just thought it was the sweat from the heat in this no, room.
1: No, it's hot in here again. Maybe you know what that means. <laughs> no, okay. Michael, the song for us goes, It's getting hot here, please put on all your (laughs) clothes. But I mean, MLS Cup won by Seattle. They did put on a really good couple of days down there. I enjoyed it. If anyone hasn't been down to an MLS Cup, it's, it's worth going to. It would be nice if it was our team that was in it and not a rivals team that was in it. But did they deserve to be the champions? Should LaFC? I know whoever wins that ultimately uh, yeah. deserves to be the whoever champion. Whoever
2: wins but... the game, <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no. That's the same thing you guys crying about cavalry not being. Whoa, the whoa, champion. whoa, whoa! Crying? It's, it's 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 whoever wins the games becomes champion if that's the structure they're gonna do. Not, yeah. Not just not crying, Steve. No, Steve. Steve is right. It yeah. sounds like you guys are crying yeah. constantly about no. that.
3: Well, I, I would I, I would have rather the the goats had won, but. That's think, obviously because I don't like Seattle.
1: How did you feel about the new playoff structure?
2: I thought it worked. it worked. I thought it worked ideally. It, it kept people engaged in the playoffs. Nobody, there was no breaks, obviously, because it was all done within between the MLS international breaks. Yeah. the The fact that there weren't two games, I think that worked well. Yeah, it gave that, it, yeah I loved the it one game. It gave advantage series. to that of those home teams, but those home teams weren't able to yeah. do it. So that was even be better. teams
1: did not sit in bunker. Yes, they did not do a Carl Robinson. They actually went to try and win the game yeah. and get an away goal early, and it was great. Impacted to see it.
3: The, impacted tactics usually. I agree. I like the the one game. Uh, I think everything was good about it except for uh, and this you might not be able to avoid or they were trying to avoid other sports or whatever. But mm. I think they too much Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, Tuesday, whatever. Like I think they kind of had to a little bit just, too much.
1: Part of it as well was because the teams that they knew were likely to be in it. Seattle, Atlanta, game, yeah. and they're sharing a stadium, so there's a bit of a risk there. The only other thing I didn't like was this your two-week gap at the end of the season, but you had to because it was the international, international break. break yeah. But it worked great. It was short. It kept the excitement going. The games were absolutely phenomenal. The first round of matches, some of the best playoff games we have seen yeah. for years yeah. in, in MLS. So, I mean, I, th- I thought it was fantastic. And the season as a whole, Whitecaps aside... This is was one of the most enjoyable MLS seasons to watch. I felt.
3: Yeah. Well. I, I, yeah. Actually, I watched probably more of the other games because I didn't really care as much yeah. about what was going on in Vancouver. But the uh, one of the you know, what this playoff felt like, Michael, felt a little bit like when we had the discussion about um, what can the the Canadian Premier League do long term uh, in terms of you know uh, what, what they what they want to do, and it, it felt like. This could be a similar thing where you, you have your league season, it's over, then you have an everyone, like all your eight teams or whatever, or 12 teams is going to be, and you have a cup at the end of the season where everyone's in it, it's single elimination, bang, 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 bang. I think you could have that similar excitement. Maybe not yeah. because everyone would be in it. At yeah, early
1: I know. I mean, when, when the CPL gets bigger, that would be ideal, but white caps wise, it was a busy month. Axel Schuster was appointed sporting director. It's early days. From what you've seen from him so far, does he feel like a good addition? Like what the White Cats are needing, a kind of breath of fresh air. The the jury's still out, and it always will be until the end of his first year. And he said himself, sit to him, him a year, him in a year." Yeah,
2: yeah. But I mean, how are you feeling about him? I have no issues with him. Like I, I, I I'm not going to give him a passing grade because it's really incomplete yeah, at this yeah. point. Uh, he's only signed. One player that they were already into in the Before summertime. Him, so yeah. it wasn't really that, really doesn't have a, his stamp on it. Although he obviously uh, agreed with the thing if you base it on how they signed players, both of these guys <laughs> got to agree. Say, okay. So uh, it, it is a good addition. It's good that they have somebody there. Um, they weren't going to get a top, top name like people thought. You know, this guy's got experience. With a clubs at maybe not that position, but he's been working with somebody in that position, <laughs> learn from them, and now he's taking over his own spot.
3: I agree with you, Steve, except for the part where you said they couldn't have got someone higher. I about, don't think they are going mean, to get anybody higher. Uh, no, I think one, they could have. I just think it doesn't fit with what they want to pay for it, oh, okay. which fits in line with kind of how they structure things in general. So the one thing about Axel Schuster that I think fits with their model is hire someone who's got limited experience who you can get on a, a, a decent wage. Like I'm not saying he'd be cheap because he's coming from Germany, obviously, but I think I think they they pay less for him than what they would have paid for someone with a bigger known, yeah, no, more yeah. known oh, yeah. name, but the, oh, and for more, sure, and uh, more yeah. experience in the role. Um, but no, I agree with you, Steve. like. I'd like I, I'd I think like it's f- a positive in general.
2: Like I. I I take it as you know he's he's got he's done um, certain positions in Bundesliga and the lower level of Germany and now he's bringing a, he's hungry to show that he can do it on his own and he's not going to like people think that these guys just coming here to collect a paycheck I don't think so I think no, he really no. wants to sh- oh, don't yeah. put a stamp on it is this his chance to to, yeah. to be a
1: sporting director Cause build he build his own, own name baseball, he's he's yeah. in
2: the same position as in Baumwang and um and and oh, Ali Adam, that he wants to go to Europe I guarantee you he wants to eventually go back to Europe and uh, be a technical director for a top club. Yeah,
1: Yeah, turn it it around. Like Paul Barber did when he went back to England. But we'll get a more indication of the kind of player he might look to bring in in about a month's time when we can see some of the additions. There's got to
3: be at least one German they're bringing in. You'd you'd think so. And and I'd say one German and one player who he has experience with from from Germany, who might not be German.
1: One white cap's future that was uncertain and was finally revealed in December was Daniil Henry, who was transferred he, to to Korea. He joined a K-pop band. Yeah. yeah. He had a bit of a nightmare
2: in the US-Canada game. Oh, luckily the money was in before that game. Yeah. yeah.
1: Who didn't, though? It was a disappointing result that saw our Hex hopes all but extinguished. We didn't talk about the crushing of the Americans, though. Mm. Was that October? That was October, yeah. That was,
3: like, the highlight of October.
1: Yeah, I guess that that was. I mean, as things stand just now, we know there's a camp in January. There's three games, two against Barbados, one against Iceland. Friendlies, you'll get a couple of points for it. Probably not going to close the gap in El Salvador from these three games. But do you have any hope that Canada is going to make the Hex? Quick, yes or no?
2: I would, well, we're going to talk about it later in more detail, I guess. Uh, But I'd say they're not going to make the Hex at this point. Uh, it's hard. I mean, but I don't think it's a bad thing either.
3: Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing. The heck I want to put the hex to a side because I don't, I, I don't think this will decide the hex. Here's, here's the thing. This is an important step in the right direction for Canada, men's Canada soccer in general to have a January camp with uh domestic base players or, or, or continental base players. This, they need to do this every year, no matter what's going on. I think. Uh, to, to continue to develop the program yeah. to continue to connect with I bring some of the CPL guys because totally.
1: Tristan Borges is in it for the first time is, it, is the tours back? no, it, there's other guys. actually no Amir Didich is did it. right um, Didic is,
3: is back and Carducci, yeah
1: but it was nice to see Borges and of course lots of rumours that he might move on send a new deal with Forge but I mean he could still move on but yeah as, you need to do that Get that's what Americans yeah. have done for years and Canada needs to do that as well We'd hope to round off December in this part of the show, but as usual, we talk too much. So we're going to bring you that in part three, and we'll be back with that after this.
5: Hi, I'm Lucas Cavallini. You're listening to the AFT Soccer Show.
1: of the month for January. Our first artist of the month of 2020. Our first artist of the month of the decade. A two-piece girl band from Berlin, Germany. For Axel, Grr. For Axel, For Zach. For our new German signing that we're sure is going to happen this month. We're going to have four songs from girl this month. Fantastic two-piece band out of Berlin. When they play live there's more than two. Check them out. They've got two albums out. 2016. I think it was called In My Head In 2019 She Says In My Head Isn't that the Zombie Z- Yeah He was in the head um, So Great band Friends of Art Brute's Eddie Argos as well We uh-huh. played their Christmas song In the Christmas show We're going to Round off Our year in review With a look at What was a busy month Of December Don't talk
4: about The that's the night I'm trying so hard to forget So all you do is you come round the then Well, I remember Remember what I tried That I speak Don't talk about it
1: Pete Docherty, Baby Shambles 32nd of December There wasn't a 32nd of December the year, though, was a bit of a shambles for the Whitecaps. And December started off with Mark DeSantis getting fined for comments about the leak, Which, we've gone into a lot of the December stuff quite recently, so we're not going to go into a lot of this in too much detail. But there's some new bits that we haven't talked about. But yeah, MDS was fined. I am wondering if that's going to make him more cagey coming into 2020, or do you think he's going to be the same free spirit and just say what he wants? Depends on h- how hungry his children are. I guess. True, because he to take them to Disneyland.
3: Yeah. How hungry for adventure they are. Yes. I yeah.
1: I I hope it doesn't change him too much because I like his honesty and it's been really refreshing. He is a little <clears throat> bit too honest for his own good. His, his fine,
3: his fine probably won't be anything like like, like Al- Alfonso's fine earlier this year when. Did you hear about? Oh, thought? when he was he, late he, for training, yeah, when he was <laughs> visiting Jordan. Yeah, he, went to, he yeah. went to Jordan on his uh, visit Jordan in Paris on his day off and got like fined like twenty thousand euros.
1: <laughs> wow, it's a big fine for a girl. One Whitecaps player did arrive in December. An the armored tank. vehicle. Yes. El Hashtag ta- not a tank. El Tanko, as I think his, his Spanish nickname. <laughs> That's no, not El Tanko. El Tanko.
4: El Tanker. I don't know.
3: It's not Tanko. Have you seen it written?
1: El Tanco. <laughs> El Tanco. Anyway, Lucas Cavallini has arrived. He's now a White Cap. People oh, said you. the White Caps hate Canada in the past. We signed Lucas Cavallini. Immediately not in the next Canadian squad for the, the games that's coming up in January.
3: <laughs> that's probably at the White Cap's request, I would guess. It's
1: probably his request, though. I think, as well, though, because he have to, he has to kind of settle. El Tanque. <laughs> El Tanco. El Tanque. El Tanco. No. Like you wear your El Tanko topo when My you're God on the beach shows. Is everything Mexico. a caricature to you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I think Cavallini will bring some Arriba, Arriba, hundred, hundred, hundred. Speedy Gonzalez to the Whitecaps attack.
2: There goes all. Our sp- there know, goes our you, Mexican. Our listener. Spanish-speaking you listeners. Know, you know he's Canadian, right? He played in Mexico. He played in Mexico. Okay, yeah. <laughs> sure. And Uruguay. It's it's a a Uruguay. Uruguay. We, we, we used to Uruguay. sing for,
3: we used to try to sing for something for Nico Mosquito and they said you can't sing it that way because you're pronouncing it wrong So we had to ah, change
1: the song. Yeah. Anyway, he's here. He's the only player that's arrived so far. He's still needing a lot of help. Well, he's got to fit some more people in that armored vehicle. Yeah. I I mean, the help's obviously going to arrive. Everyone's still getting impatient. My offer to get painted still stands from part one. <laughs> or two. I don't know what it was. <laughs> One of the big stories in December, apart from the tanko, was the Women's Abuse Report was released. We've had time to digest it now. How do you think it's been received? How do you feel the caps have been portrayed in it?
3: Oh, We were just kind of talking a little yeah. bit. Uh, I, I think uh, some concerns, uh, I think one of the concerns, which I think a lot of people pointed out right away, which I think for me has sunk in even more, <clears throat> is uh, this is well? This is a review, right? This is not a, an investigation into whatever. This is just this company coming in to review what they did, how they did it. Could they have done it differently? That kind of
2: stuff. And that's what um, I think was uh, was it portrayed as an investigation? No, no, initially? no.
3: But I just think there's a difference, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, like for well, this is the point. So when the I, I, incidents... I have to be honest, I actually thought it was going to be an investigation. Yeah. So I, Everybody, I that, that's an
2: assumption wrong. people yeah. made. Yeah. 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 It's
3: a review of what yeah. happened. In 2008, when the incidents happened, uh, the person they brought in was there to investigate is my understanding and that is where in lies one of the biggest concerns I think people should have from this review is that 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 individual is not a part of this review. I think my understanding is there they, they were requested to be a part of it they either chose not to be a part of it for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, either none or limited amounts of their documentation, uh, are a part of this. That should be a big concern for people um and if if i was the white caps i wouldn't be trumpeting this maybe the way they are without that significant person cuz I, I we've heard all we've heard all kinds of different things between you know over the last number of months in terms of maybe this person's connection to the white caps or whatever or are they connected or how like how do who do they bring in to do do this investigation and how reliable was it or how independent was that or whatever. I, I i don't know but there's, there's a concern when that person's not a part of this, this review. It's like that should, be a, that should be a concern. The other concern is even just how they painted this a little bit in terms of – they framed this in terms of – they kept on saying in the, in the months when all this was happening back in the spring, they kept on saying, oh, like the report from the investigator didn't make any recommendations. Well, now this review says there was no report. Mm. So why were they re- referencing a report that didn't exist? Or, or, then, did it, or did it exist? Did it exist, did it it they
1: do no because they couldn't speak to the investigator. To Does, did it exist
3: and they don't want it out there? I, I don't know.
1: I, I, but who, well, you said there's you, too many questions. You listened to an interesting podcast yes. on this as well, which I missed completely, so if, I, if, I'll if, have if, to check this out. If you
3: haven't listened to it yet, go listen to Andrew Bates and Nick Thornton, uh, That's So MLS. I forget the episode. I'll check the episode here in a minute.
2: It's, it's probably a very recent one.
3: <clears throat> yeah, where they, it's their first one back in the new year. Yeah. They sat down with the individual who did the review and talked to them, talked to her, and had a, a pretty good interview where she laid things pretty clear for them. Um, oh, could only answer certain questions and that kind of stuff. But this is the, this is the person who just did the review, or the, the person review? who just, did, just the review. did the review? Yeah. So it is episode uh, one hundred and five. Came out last Tuesday, and the interview is with uh, Dina Bell LaRoche who okay. did who did the review on behalf of the the firm whose name I don't want to mess up right now. Um, but but that that
1: should be a, like. St- st- that's definitely but, like we're J- JJ,
3: J. These like the media people need to keep asking that question. Why well, was this person yeah, not involved? I, I,
1: I was going to then say, now that this has come out and it's come out at the end of 2019, uh, a time, of year for a lot of folks switch mm-hmm. off. Is this going to be the end of it? Do no. we hear any more about yeah, it? Yeah, I I kind of because
2: the, the, these kind of podcasts they get lost in in the in the holiday yeah. season. Like you don't you don't pay attention because you're so busy doing other things. I wish they had released it in a couple weeks or something like that. I know they probably want to get it out as soon as possible, mm-hmm. but. Because a lot of people probably, I didn't, I didn't, I totally missed. I missed a lot of podcasters. Uh, this last two, couple, two te- weeks
3: technically it came out uh, new year's eve yeah
2: so the, the, <clears throat> a lot of people aren't paying attention at that point and, they, and yeah i know and I, I brought out our extra podcast if
1: us talking about this whole yeah. thing on new year's eve as well which maybe wasn't it, ideal timing but seriously someone
3: someone in the the someone in the local media needs to ask those questions because yes the timing of this when this came out i know the white cat the white caps kept on saying hey look this has gone on longer because it's a more involved process that's fine but the timing of this and then their follow-up announcement, whatever, a few days or a week later, which we'll talk about in a minute, the, the timing of that one is
1: not no accident. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it is going to disappear from the, the news cycle. I really don't think we're going to hear too much more about it going forward, you, rightly do, or wrongly. Well, I, here's, I here's the thing, though. Whenever happen. people on like Twitter would say, hey, what's
3: going on with this? some of those paid people will jump in and say hey we're still asking we're still asking. So there's some I think definite questions, not maybe more than even just the ones we just mentioned now that really need to be asked by some of those people who did some um pretty significant reporting on this back in the spring. Yeah.
1: Last two things for December. The preseason was announced. CBA strikes pending. So looking forward to to hopefully taking in the games down in Portland. But the Whitecaps had one big final announcement to, to put on the, the world before the year was out. John Furlong he, is no longer he retired. a part of the Whitecaps. And I'm pretty sure a lot of folk, when they saw that, said the same things as us. John Furlong's still involved with the Whitecaps? No. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of folk I, will have, oh, I was had no supp- I idea was that he was still involved. I did involved. not know that. No, no, no. I thought he had stepped down. Ages ago,
3: no, and they just no. hadn't mentioned. Really? It. Yeah. No, lots of people have been asking, "What's up with this guy? Why is he? He was he's been on the website. If you go to the website, he was on the website for all this whole time. As in whatever his, I forget the name of his his role now. But I know I couldn't remember but I was just introducing that see, bit. I couldn't remember what he did. See, he, he, here's some things about John Furlong. Okay, so I know for I know for uh, I know for some, maybe most people, it'll be hard to not think of Jer- John Furlong and think of. The, some of the, the court battles and all that kind of stuff yeah. he's gone through. Okay, if you can set that aside for a moment, if you can just think, he came in with this role uh, high up in the Whitecaps organization after being leading what I think most people would say was a very successful yes. Winter Olympics. He came in with I think some pretty specific mandates, as far as we understand. Our understanding might be wrong, and if our understanding is wrong, it's because again the Whitecaps didn't communicate it well. But came in with with the role to do to help with getting the training center done. Uh, and that kind of stuff. Um, helped him do some heavy hitting with-, with uh, Politicians. Yeah, with some people yeah. he, he would be connected with and all that kind of stuff. This is, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, and I think maybe because I've only heard it from one person, a significant person, but essentially what I've heard uh, for a long time is that John Furlong came in and his assessment was very similar to other people's, like Paul Barber, mm. like some of the other people who've been involved in all the white caps. He came in and kind of was just like, what's going on here and realize some of the brokenness in the structure and the, and how the white caps function and kind of, I think called some of those people out on some of that stuff. And I think got frozen out a little bit. So I I think there were people who were happy that his kind of voice was mitigated in terms of his role at the club. And I think they're very happy that, he is now retired, as I know
1: a number of people have expressed their happiness at him being gone anyways. He was the executive chair. Right. And now that he's stepped down, I think Jeff Mallett has taken over. And I think this is the start, as was the Schuster appointment of Jeff Mallett shaping the Whitecaps in his way that he wants it. And I, don't I think have, this is I, a Mallet I, takeover. I'm,
2: I don't have an issue with that. I don't at all. at
1: all. I think it's going to be. He's a successful businessman. He's always been keen to talk to the media and deal with all the difficult and, stuff. And, and he's dealt with a good thing a, for And he's club. dealt
2: with other sports organizations yeah. too. He's the owner in a couple of uh, yep. teams. My
1: San Francisco Giants.
3: So when you say a Jeff Mallet takeover, takeover for whom? From whom? Because the person who's been running things is Kerfoot.
1: I think. It, I think he'll I be think the ha- more going to be hands on than Kerfoot. Yeah these days i just I, everything is pointing to mallet being the guy that's running this but club. how
3: does that happen when kerfoot has 70 percent control because
1: kerfoot can say look you do this he's See still gonna he run
2: he's still gonna discuss things with kerfoot he's yeah, I mean, I no still gonna have I, yeah. a big decision so i the ultimate decision is gonna go down to him but i think mallet will be able to run it uh, like uh, and talk to the people in the Higher, higher levels. I don't know
3: that. I don't see Kerfoot as being someone who likes to relinquish control of things. I I don't disagree with you on some of the stuff, Steve. In terms of Mallet's done some other good things. Uh, From people who've had to deal with some of Mallet on some of these other issues, I know they weren't impressed with some of the way he handled some of these things in terms of his approach to certain things or how he communicated certain things. But yeah, in but general, I think always, he does have great experience with, in business. you're dealing
1: with somebody and you're not getting what you want, you're not going to be happy with how they deal with it. That's <laughs> always the thing. He's, he's got experience in sports teams. He's got experience with, like, Derby County. And, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a good appointment. And I like, I like the way and the direction that the club is going. But that was basically the year. That was December. As we mentioned, it was a, a kind of a, a disappointing year. A disappointing decade, really, all round, because it, it wasn't the most successful decade for the, for the Whitecaps. I did an article looking at my top five Whitecaps highlights from the 2010s, even. And I had in there, in the top five, number five was the CONCACAF CCL run. Run, yeah. Where they got to play a a top Mexican team. They got to the semi-finals. They were within one goal of levelling the tie. Yeah, unraveled towards the end, but I mean, I thought that that was fantastic. Number four, I had Alfonso Davies transfer. I know some folk would maybe have that a little bit higher. If we'd seen the the results of that, I would maybe have gone and thought, yeah,
2: that, that... it still It'd could be, be it, it, in retrospect, it could go a little yeah. higher if they do something with
1: it. Number three, had Eric Hasley's wonder goal in Seattle. Number two,
2: that 2015
1: Voyagers Cup lifting at BC Place, the only Canadian championship win by the Whitecaps. And number one was just that very Mar- first March day. March 19th, yeah. March 19th, 2011, a day in Whitecaps folklore of just the very first MLS game. Everything about that day from the, the being in the pub in Oscars to the march to the match, throwing ponchos at the game, celebrating afterwards the win, Hassley getting two goals. It was just a fantastic day. I, I still get like goosebumps, goosebumps yeah. thinking about it. it. It was just tremendous. The sad thing for me is, when I was trying to come up with my top five highlights, those five jumped out, and then I thought, oh, what else would rival that? And I was struggling. There was a couple of good goals.
2: Yeah, there, I have a couple of moments. Um, I'll go over it with you. Uh, one is the Waston uh, goal against Colorado yeah. that put them into the playoffs in uh, 2014. Oh, yeah. That was a good I, I just, moment. The, the, the way that, that, especially the the, the lead-up to that goal, just that, that that made the whole moment big. And then the other one was in 2017, uh, Their the first win in the playoffs, I think it was against San Jose. Oh, yeah, the 5 0 the win. And you, you know, in the press box, you got to see what time is it. Um, <laughs> so that was a big Did moment. Did you shout that?
3: Yeah. Nice. I
2: th- I thought those two kind of were big moments. Unfortunately, they couldn't do anything with those moments. But <laughs> afterwards, they ended quickly. But they were big moments. Yeah,
1: that that's definitely another two. And anything from you, and that can be personal as well, yeah, stuff well, that you've done tifo wise or yeah. supporters wise. Well,
3: I think I think for me, I'd actually. Just for going through your list for a second, Michael, I think I might put the Voyagers Cup win actually ahead of opening day yeah. just because it, it was such a long wait. It was so yeah. Familiar, and it, yeah, yeah, and it was actually a trophy. The and, sad
1: thing about that is it is just the once. Yeah. It's true. And it's but, been played for since 2002, really. Yeah. But 2008 since Toronto and everything. Yeah, and since the tournament. One win is like shocking. Yeah. But
3: like that day and like Gershon Kofi bringing over the actual Voyager's Cup and celebrating. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. I like on a personal note, I think that like there's uh, things like trips and Tifo. So I think going like all oh, the Cascadia Way are, you know, special. The 4 1. Special day in Seattle. Uh, every time you go to Portland oh, is good time. Oh, yeah, times. the
1: Kutamani game.
3: Kik-Kutamani game. Uh, the, the first, I uh, got to go, Matt and I went to the, the first uh, ever MLS away game in Philadelphia. Uh, Sam Liu was living over in D.C. at the time, so he was there too. Um, uh, I, uh, uh, other personal you talk about TIFO, yeah. I'm, there's not a TIFO for me that's like not deeply meaningful and personal. I think uh, some of the memorable ones are like the, the Cascadia when we won four Cascadia Cups, the giant Jay Demerit one was was pretty meaningful. Uh, I think Steve wants me to mention the Dominic Mobilia because that was Steve's concept with the the hole with the balls coming. That out. Was a,
2: that was a good. One. I was hoping <clears> for <throat> balloons. I thought that would be I know. A fantastic. They, they won't let us use balloons because I wanted to do the because he was you know in heaven and everything. I wanted the balloons to to go up to the heavens. And the stuff balloons like that. are no go. It's going to work, yeah. Um,
3: and and then for me, uh, that was a good TIFO,
5: though. Yeah,
3: and actually we we were cleaning out T this last weekend, and so we actually need to get in touch with them to see if they want it. Otherwise, it might get recycled or away with. Oh, the Dominic? Uh, yeah, we might just roll it up and yeah. give it to them and they can do whatever they want with it. Um, the family, that is. Uh, the, the other one for me, it's hard, hard not... Uh, two other ones. Uh, WFC 2. I know, looking back, it's a bit of a disaster and a bit of, like, a disappointment, but, like, going to those first... Was it three or four away games and getting back in time for the first home game? Oh, yeah,
1: because you guys went down Yeah, that.
3: so I went to the Seattle and then came home and then we did the two away games and then back. I
1: loved covering that team. I mean, from a personal point of view, I I enjoyed that because I they were like my team because hardly yeah. anyone else was doing anything with the team and covering them. So it's like I kind of felt an affinity to it and I'd known Alan for years. Yeah. From SFU, so him being the coach and everything was just special as well.
3: And then, and then for me, one other special moment was going to, uh, going to the game in Montreal and getting off the plane and getting a message from Nathan Vanstone saying, give me a call. And, no, then, I'm going the and then, room. Yeah, then going to yeah, then going into going oh, into the dressing yes. room like because
1: you give the team talk. <clears throat> yeah,
3: so he's like, "Hey, Martin wants to talk to you." And Martin's like, "Hey, will you come and do this thing?" And I was just like, uh, "He's like, can you prepare something?" I was like, "Well, I'm just between here, the stadium, between the airport and the stadium, I'll see what I can come up with." And uh,
1: how did that game go?
3: <clears throat> I was go- goalless draw,
1: hmm.
3: and then inspirational. <laughs> Dude, do you remember that lineup? It was like all defensive. I think Al- I think Alain oh. Al- Rochat was playing like left wing. And like Brad Russin was playing like holding midfield. like it was a crazy defensive lineup. But
2: what I, other... I, I thought the tour of uh, Seattle uh, with, uh, oh, Cascadia, with the Cascadia Cup Cascadia Oh, that division. no,
3: that was good. That's always good. I enjoyed whenever you get threatened with physical violence, yeah. you know you've done something well. That's just a normal football game in <laughs> yeah. Scotland.
1: I enjoyed our residency games that yeah. we oh. went to back in the day oh, the way games that's residency. like where i met you the, steve yeah. and it, I'd, I'd known you from the swan guard days but it's kind the, of one, the one the one in uh, and... that
2: stadium uh with the mountains in the background oh, i can't remember the, theme. the team that got uh, Did they not have no, the, the crossroads? Yedlin. crossroads no no
1: yeah oh dennis starfire
2: yeah no no, no, no. no. The, the one that yedlin um was uh came from was it crossfire C- Cross? no 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 he, he no, yes, it was the Seattle? Remember the No, but the, you, he had a different the, club. The team that had the oh. guy that did the flip and the throw in. Ben
3: Fisk. The, ben Fi- the other oh. Ben Fisk. I can't
2: remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Crossfire. Was it Crossfire? Yeah it was, yeah. it was like the school stadium, right? Yeah, school yeah. stadium. I thought that was fun. And going then,
3: going down there and then like going to those little restaurants out? Like, yeah. yeah, that
1: was good times. Yeah, good stuff. Now, we did our White Cats Team of the Decade, which I had completely forgotten to put up on the website, so we'll we'll remedy that. But a couple of things just wanted to ask you. One of the things coming out of that, so we picked our team of the decade. Who would you say, and MLS did this for every single team, they picked the player of the decade, and their player for the Whitecaps was Kendall Waston. Oh. And I was thinking... For me, it's, it's Waston, Morales, or Usted. I think it probably has to be one of those three. Or do you can you include I, Tybert
5: because no. he's been there for the whole decade? For me,
2: it's the guy who had the, uh, even though maybe it was just a one season, he had the biggest impact by Camilo. Camilo, mm. uh, Camilo was the player of the decade. Even though it was only oh. like two or three years or so, two, three years. two uh, Three years three, in MLS. Yes, yeah, three years. Yeah. Three years, that's so and he won the a Golden third. Boot. 39 league goals. And he won the Golden Boot so i would give it i would give it to him actually that's a a good good show
3: show. i would probably go with kendall i thought you would uh like uh yeah obviously that's because of more than the football and like the off field and connections and uh some of the things where he went out of his way to connect with us as supporters and all that kind of stuff coming to things we did and hanging out and supporting us in different ways uh so I'd probably go uh, and because he was involved in big moments both mm. at both ends of the field yeah
1: I, I was thinking Kendall but Steve swayed me to Camilo actually because i I've forgotten I, I, three I mean, seasons with I this I would
3: choose Kendall over Osted and Morales partly because they would just be fighting each other
2: uh, <laughs> true yeah goal, goal of the decade goal of the decade I think I, it's Hassley has to be Hastley. Yeah. Has yeah. yeah. I Seattle. think so Camilo's scissor kick was really fantastic there's been other ones I pers- my personal one and it's probably not the best goal but the one I really enjoyed was the Rochat goal against Philadelphia oh, yeah. because it was Kumiento oh. to Hasley to Rochat, yeah, and Rochat was, was my easily my favourite player in those uh, the, the first year oh, yeah
3: yeah. Uh, yeah I the, the, the uh, see the thing the difference for me between the Hasley and the Camilo is like you've seen a, a number of goals like the Camilo
5: the kick, goal
2: yeah I'm giving them honourable mention yeah. yeah a
1: few folk on Facebook have said how does that not be your top five that scissor kick goal and I was like oh
3: Oh, did it you make your top five?
1: No, like for oh, oh moments, top right, five yeah, yeah. highlights, yeah, top five also, goals they did. Well, was that the last game? Was
3: that the last game to get him to twenty two? It was near the end of the season. That's all I remember. I think it
1: was. That might have been what won him the golden boot. Yeah. Was it maybe that goal or that game? Oh, no, he got, 20. I think he got
3: two goals in that game. Mm. Anyways, the the Hasley goal in Seattle was incredible. Just yeah. because you don't see a goal like that where you chip it, whatever, in the air over the defender and smash it like you know. Just, it was, and for me, I was also a memorable game because that was the first time I ever ever capoed at a, at a football match with any kind of intentionality I and it was
1: of that fun and some videos that I'd never put out anywhere so I think next year when it's our 10th year anniversary of MLS I'll, I'll do some stuff with that what about game of the decade
2: easily for me uh, the Voyager's Cup uh, mm. the, for me it's mm. the, because they won that one so the, and they won the cup the first time and mm. you got to see it on home field
3: I think the Voyagers Cup is good. I think uh, March nineteenth, uh, twenty eleven, is a, yeah. another important three, one. Three three draw. The three three draw. I was gonna say right after that was like, the most th- entertaining. That was yeah. that was nuts. Um, for me, like there's other smaller games. So like uh, the first time we did like a an intentional post game celebration was uh, against Toronto, and I think it was the day we did the first. It was the first day we did. Maybe it wasn't. I think it was the day we did. Yeah, I think it was the day we did the the, we'll f- up on goal. the first uh, the first big tifo Curva curva Collective, okay. and we played Toronto. We won one nil, and Gersh scored the goal. And he came and did. It was before we did the Humba, and he came and celebrated with us after the game, and did the shirt swap and all that kind of stuff. And it was just like a perfect day. Like it was I mean,
1: that, that that see that's the thing though, like why I love football and why people that's listening to this we all love football with everyone like whether it's the Whitecaps or other teams with these little special moments that you just remember
2: like, like I, for me and I, it, it was a mean nothing game because they were already eliminated but them beating Portland on the last game of the season eliminating them from the yeah. playoffs yeah, that, was, that, was,
5: yeah. that was and winning the
2: Cascadia Cup and, we, yeah. because, and yeah. that was a favourite like yeah
1: games like that are special and it's like the times like you, you share with your fellow supporters and it's like we've had quality times doing this show over the years and it's like I've loved every minute of it just to get sappy for, for a few minutes and Like, I met you, we were one of the first folk I met in Canada, because when I moved here, I didn't go out out much when I first came here. And then you and Johnny Knox kind of introduced me to everyone on the south side. Yeah, I mean, it's like little things like that. that Little little things, uh,
2: again, we were talking about the favorite moments. I just remember, it popped in my head, the game when we played the Seawolves. And, and and there was a Romanian goalkeeper, yeah. and he got really. And then there was one time a goalkeeper was really overweight, and he yes. didn't like. Them, and so we had to uh, adjust the uh, because we got chance. warned by yeah, yeah we or pork chop my pork chop yeah pork chop <laughs> yeah. And oh yeah like the reserve <laughs> Ligley, game yeah. Seattle. See, these are the
5: special
1: yeah. moments. It's not all about trophies, but for every special moment, there's also not special moments, and we'll just round the section off yep. with. If I was to say name your name some of the biggest busts this this decade, I'm not talking about Taylor Swift and Cats. You've got Mustafa Jarju, Blundell. Although we did sell him, yeah. So maybe not Blundell. Joaquin Ardiez. Now he has to be a bust. Yeah. Not one crime solved. Not <laughs> one goal scored. Mister Car Park Wavy Man Barry Robson. I I, uh,
3: I would disagree. I, I don't I, I, don't, I don't, think don't bear Robson was a bust. You can't call him a bust for the First contributions all, he, he made.
2: He didn't, he didn't wasn't told what the field was.
1: Yeah, but he was a DP and didn't come back. No,
2: okay, but because they didn't tell him what the field actually no, was. No, again. Yeah, it's because because they didn't like his I, anger I, and his I,
3: I said this on the show back in the day at the yeah. time. My understanding is um there was a plan to bring Barry Robson back on what would have been a very reasonable salary that I think he was happy happy to go go with if like if Bobby Leonard Uzi hadn't like told him how to how to conduct himself, uh, you know, and they had a very strong conversation. Yeah, that, that followed with lots I of gestic- try and catch up with
5: Barry lots and of disticulating
3: <laughs> and lots of lots of yeah. See if Barry tells you that story because yeah. I've heard about that story from multiple people.
1: Well trip up to Aberdeen, maybe to see him. Yeah, I've never been to Petodre, That would be a
3: nice there, way to combine that. But um. <laughs> So I, you, to me, you can't call him a bust because of just even the things he did in that season. Remember, he scored in the two-two game against LA. He like and he, he scored like, some
2: great goals, and he
3: took out golden balls in that game. And
2: yeah, uh, so like, you could say you didn't like
3: him. That's fine. I don't think he's a bust.
2: So a couple of busts for me um, this year. I, I think bigger bust was John Arise, um because of mm. what he was supposed to be yeah, for what the team. He was expected from him, and, a B- and it looks
1: like to- actually talking to Arise, he's linked with going back to to Spain. Yeah. Oh. He's Good been for him, watching games, um,
2: uh, Bernie, Ebene, 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 his, you beanie, you be whatever his name was. Um, he uh, scored, I know, but he, the, 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 it was the big things were expected of him. And the biggest uh, must for me, other than Marstafa Jarju, is uh, Efren. Um, oh. I'm proud of that yellow card I got or the getting sent off, whatever. Uh, Juarez, uh, I but think, but if you he, big, are, he, he brought, was one of my favorites. yeah, he <laughs>
3: He brought a bit of, but he vibe.
1: was, but he was a bus. Yeah, he too. brought some bite to the team, yeah. as did Barry Robson. Yeah, Cause, uh, again,
2: I don't again, disagree that he was a bus. What he was advertised, and what he produced it wasn't. Yeah. Enough, it wasn't worth. For enough. me, but, it's
1: between Jarju yeah. and RDS, and I know everyone rags on Jarju and blah blah blah, but I think RDS performed worse because he had a bigger run of games, and then just I,
3: I, on the field, I would agree. And here is the thing with Jarju: is Jar, if you talk to people, like I remember. Jarji spent a lot of time with Ridge Mobulu. Ridge Mobulu was stuck Mm -hmm. in Vancouver. He had passport or visa issues. He couldn't get back to Switzerland. He was just stuck here. So Ridge would tell me all the time. He'd be like, yeah... Mustafa got off the plane. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't want to like, this is not where I should be. Like he just didn't feel I think a connection or whatever. Yeah. And then he, he played he, his best game against
2: Man City. Yeah. Because and, he wanted to go back yeah. here. Yeah. And he and On a he, reserve game in Portland, but he scored. And,
3: and so the team would go, the guys would go do stuff and he would just stay and he would oh. just hang out with Ridge or whatever. Like he would he just didn't want to be here. It was just like not a good fit. I agree with you that Ardiaz had far more opportunity and really just did not perform well enough and there were some bad breaks and posts and whatever oh yeah
1: i mean that's the thing if he had got that goal that just got that off his back who knows what would have happened but that was the decade we've got a lot to look forward to in 2020 in the 2020s and we're going to look at some of those things after
5: this hi i'm derek cornelius and you're listening to the aftn soccer show
1: Welcome back to part four of tonight's AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. What was that song, Steve? Uh, that was a song,
2: A New Survival by Elevators. Mm. How,
1: how's that been in the charts? Go up, go down? I have no <laughs> idea. It's just a, it's a Canadian group. I think he missed the joke. But that's okay. Top of the pops, Michael. So. I don't know why I said that. Sorry. A new year, a new decade as we've said about five times so far in the show. And there's going to be a lot of firsts in in 2020. And we're going to bring back a section this year that we did a couple of years ago, and I enjoyed it, so I'm going to bring it back. Celebrating firsts in the careers of Whitecaps players. So, like, first appearances, first goals, first caps for the national team, first goals for the national team, just first memories of being on the football pitch, all those kind of things. So we're going to kick it off with that. a shorter one than than we used to do in this, but we're going to look at Canadian international and some firsts off to Saint Ricketts. Mm-hmm. Something that we do in our show, we kind of look at people's firsts. Can you? do you remember that the first game that you played in Finland for Maipa? Is that something that
0: sticks in your head? What's your kind of memories of that time? I remember my first goal in Finland. Um, it came against the biggest team in Finland, um, Hoiko or HJK, Helsinki and we won so that's my first memory when I think of Finland, that my first professional goal against uh, a team that we had no business beating. What about for Canada then? You've made a number of appearances over the years for Canada. What's your memories of the first
1: time you pulled on for the senior team, the Canadian shirt?
0: Once again, my first goal for Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think those are the ones that stick in strikers mind, the first goals in, in your environment. Um, for me, yeah, it was a game against Ecuador. I came in as a sub, I think it was 2-1. And in Toronto, my family was there. And, you know, one of my first or second... My first couple camps and my first couple games with the national team and I came on and there was a quick set piece and Julian de Guzman passed it to me and I scored and the feeling was amazing.
1: St. Rick is there talking about some of his football firsts and we've got a few more of those coming up over the next weeks and months. I'm looking forward to Russell Tiber's. Yeah, it should be good. That's a long one with Russell Tiber. A lot of firsts to talk to him about. Now, when you look back at what the game was like, both here in Canada and across the world at the start of the 2010s, we've seen massive changes. The world game feels closer Than it ever has before Because you've got the ability to watch extended highlights And often live games Of even the smallest teams I can watch non-league games in th- Right in the palm of yeah, your hand on Yeah, on your phone You can be out on the SkyTrain Watching an Ismayan Premier League game You probably wouldn't be doing that Because the SkyTrain doesn't run in Abbotsford But if it did you I'm sure you'd be doing that <laughs> But, I mean, it does. I can watch live East Fife games from the comfort of my bed. And that's kind of crazy. <laughs> a little creepy, too. Ah. I have my tissues ready. It's an emotional time. The rich, though, the rich clubs, it feels that they've gotten richer. They want all the pie. They don't just want a share of it. They want everything now. And you're kind of seeing the start of that with the, the Club World Cup and everything that's going on like that. Canada, it's now got its own league 2010s you had four teams FC Edmonton and the three MLS teams. I don't think Ottawa Fury came into about 2011, 2012 or something around about that. Yeah, it was after 2010 And now you've got a league with seven professional teams in it, the three MLS teams as well and there's going to be more teams coming this decade. I think Ottawa's 2014 I think. So I mean it's fantastic. So what is going to line store in the 2020s and like not just this year but the, the whole decade so we're going to do some predictions we're going to take some wishes some predictions and some stuff that our listeners have sent in as well whitecaps first of all we'll just do ours first of all whitecaps what, what do you think the whitecaps future is in, in the next 10 years steve
2: i think they're going to be alternating they're going to be make the playoffs they're going to be kind of be on the playoff bubble there may be a year where they really do well but then most of the they're going to be middling um i also think by the end of the decade there is a chance that they could uh, pull a fury and sell their spot in MLS to another American city and eventually move to CPL. I thought it might be another and maybe in the 2030s that could happen, but I think it could happen a little bit sooner
3: yeah that's yeah, I could see that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking too more long term for that maybe fifteen years, but I, I would disagree with Steve in terms of i don't I, I don't think it's going to be too up and down. I could think there's going to be a little bit more down before there's a bit of an up. Uh, a swing for them, so maybe. Oh no, it. I'm
2: not talking beginning. I'm uh, by the time they get us kind of sorted out, they'll be like up and down, kind of like. Oh, uh, so yeah. once they get it sorted, out. once they get it sorted, how a couple, gonna, years, couple oh, years, okay.
3: years. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I, I, you hope that the. I was gonna. I was gonna use a word that I shouldn't. I uh, you. I hope that the duo uh, of Mark DeSantos and uh, Axel Schuster uh, can really revolutionize how the Whitecaps organization is run, and that they can progress and move forward. Obviously, I have concerns that there will be others that hold, that hold that back and that they'll continue to run and function in the way they, they have for, for a very long time. And that that will limit their ambition and uh, their ability for growth and, and uh, moving forward. So uh, I think if, if, if those, those two individuals are, are able to have more control, I think it, the future is bright. If they don't, I think the, the future is quite quite uh, dim.
1: If I was to say to you then, over the decade, do the White Cats make the playoffs more than
2: 50% or less? Less, less at this point. Ooh. What about you?
1: I agree. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the only pessimistic one. Because it, I think it's going to be a couple of years like
2: before they start getting it back Yeah,
1: their- yeah I, I think, I I don't know, I could see us making the playoffs this year if we can make the right additions, yeah. but I, I, other teams are going to get stronger. Steve's point about them maybe jumping ship to CPL, I think that's all going to depend on how competitive they are to these other teams, other clubs that's coming in. And if these clubs that are coming in are spending big and it's pushing us more and more down the pecking order, it makes sense.
2: And if, to, MLS, to be, if MLS keeps growing, where yeah, it becomes a valuable. And a closed shop. And maybe, maybe uh, like a. Uh, Greg Kerfoot doesn't really want to be in the soccer business anymore. He's willing to sell everything out, but just sell to get that initial franchise and then sell whatever's left over to a CPL owner. That could be what, what goes on in next, the next level. A double life. sale. So yeah, you could double s- sell.
3: sell MLS franchise and, and then, then sell, sell the Whitecaps yeah. and make the good yeah. money out of it. That sounds like something that could happen.
1: If you look at the Whitecaps' history, there's the success of the NASL, and then you had the success in the, the Canadian Soccer League as well. There was a couple of USL championships then this big kind of like barren wasteland, yeah, barren wasteland. So we're, we're looking for this like f- the fourth tier, the fourth realm, to to kind of come through maybe under Schuster and, and Mark DeSantos, or something like that to to have this new era of the of the White Caps get back into the history books again. We've had three so far. Do you see a fourth? No. I. You hope that they can turn the corner, but it's hard to see right now. I think we'll win a couple of Voyagers Cups. I think we'll have some good runs in the CCL. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a frustrating decade. I'd love to be proved wrong, especially because we have to watch and cover the team. But yeah, I think it could be more of the same. Maybe just a little bit more successful trophies-wise in terms of a couple of Canadian Cup wins because I think we'll take it a lot more seriously. How much growth do you see in MLS in the next 10 years?
2: I think they will be up to... like, 32 teams. I think they're going to go past 30. Uh, they'll have two 16-team conferences, and there's going to be very little inter-conference play. Yeah. Like, minimal. I agree. The, yeah.
3: Their coffers will continue to grow. There's room for, I think, two more to get to 32, yeah. if I'm yeah. correct. So that's going to be, what, like $600 million for the MLS current owners? Yeah. Um. I, I think that uh, – I. I I agree with Steve. Uh, do, do any of you think that they're going to go beyond thirty-two in no. their top see, I, th- tier? I don't
2: know. I don't think so.
1: Because if but they split it into two, though. If people are wanting them. Like if if clubs are wanting to get in, and they say, "Look, we'll we'll give you six hundred million, we'll give you a billion, which is the the next. Crazy that's where, thing I, that's think, gonna that's gonna where go I think. That's where I think, like
2: a Montreal or a Vancouver could sell. Yeah, if the
1: money gets crazy, the owners who are going to pocket this will be like, "Yeah, if, they, if this if this group wants to pay that, let them in." Yeah. So you could see that. The danger is that they overexpand, but also it's a it's a big country. It's like it's a big continent. I, I,
3: I do think that they do need to wrestle with the closed shop, as you just yeah. said. I, I think I think they need to come up with a plan to expand their closed shop to two divisions at least.
1: Yeah, well I was gonna say, do, it's that or do they go regional? Which is not it's not ideal. Not ideal. Because well, you're going to have some players join New York teams, big name players. Yeah. So, say Messi joined Red Bulls.
3: You know, no in the rest of her season. Yeah.
2: yeah, but you got like that kind of system works. In, no, I don't know if it works, but they got Major League Baseball that they do that where they have very little crossover. Yeah. and until they meet the final. so mm. it, it does. It does happen. Yeah, but this
1: ain't baseball.
3: No,
2: I know, but, that, but. Th- there are big players in baseball that people want to see, but they don't get to see every year.
1: Talking of two divisions in MLS, CPL's always talked about having two divisions. How, how, how do you see that going? Do you think by the end of the twenty twenties there'll be a two divisional? Well, I think CPL? I think
2: they'll definitely. Be, I think they should be up to sixteen teams by the end of the decade. I think yeah, like, I, I, in the in the first level, I agree with you. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the second level, but the first level for sure.
3: I think they need to aim for sixteen in the top flight. I think that would be a good number to to land at. Uh, and the, the, by the end, I agree with you. By the end of the twenty twenties, the the plan needs to be flushed out in terms of what it's going to look like. Uh, when it comes to Pro Rel and the second division and all that kind of stuff, and I think it will be. I think by the time I think this kind of stuff will be maybe connected to like the twenty twenty six World Cup, where you have announcements either right before that or in twenty twenty five, or
1: and or That's right after that. That's the time to do stuff because yeah. you've got everyone watching and paying attention. And to I, I think
2: I think they will get away. I think they will get away from this fall spring season. I think they will. Oh, yeah, long-term. And I think, I, I, I think they'll have, like, a little bit more expanded playoffs where it's, like, maybe the top two teams in each conference, they play yeah. is, uh, a semi year I mean, There's
1: obviously going to be a lot more teams coming into it. It's going to be good. Simon Fudge had put something out last year about there's been talk about having a second tier. From uh, I, people I've spoken to, that doesn't no. seem no, but see, totally I, accurate. I appreciate Simon, but what?
3: But when I listen to him talk about it and see some of the stuff he said about it... It sounds like he, he was talking to a bunch of dudes who said, we want to do a Division 2. Yeah. This is not the CSA saying, this is our plan for Division 2 as yeah. a country. So And you have – some of those people are very specific people who are trying to get things going so that they can leverage themselves into CPL. Yeah. And so
1: – Yeah, because – It
3: would be, like be like if us, we said, hey, we want to have a team in CPL. Let's just go – we're going to create
1: our own way in or let's create yeah. – like, I know some of the, the guys that own the VMSL teams, and they've expressed interest in, oh, get a CPL team, get involved in that. And then it's like, well, you need to have this, this this monetary-wise, and it's like, oh. So it rules them out. Yeah. Something like this, Pro-Rail as well, would be a way to get these teams into it.
5: Yeah.
1: Will Canada qualify for World Cup 2022? I
2: two? I'm not. I, I don't know if this has been decided. I For me, it all depends on who they're going to play in inter- Continental play, or oh, if it's that Asia playoff. or South America or Oceania, uh, because I think they can play Oceania too. I think yeah, that'll yeah. what that'll what depend on because I think they can. I think they'll go in that they'll win that tournament or whatever. I think they should be able to win that. Then they'll beat whoever finishes fourth, and then they move on. But I don't know who they're going to they play. If South they America, play they, if or they play Asia. Like, that then yeah. if they play Oceania, yeah. I think they win. If yeah. it's Asia or South America, then no. There's there's a good chance they won't. I
1: I I can't see it happening.
3: But I, I notice in your comments there all of you are totally ruling out the hex. I, I don't I, I'm not I, I'm not yeah. counting I'm not doing any of the bean counting here or whatever, but I still hold out hope that somehow they'll make out they'll make the hex. Of course I still hold out hope that Vancouver will host twenty twenty six matches. <laughs> but
1: I still hold out hope that Scotland's gonna qualify for a World Cup again and it's been that could be 2026, well, dude, 26 they, they keep on expanding the, the yeah. tournament just for you. Yeah, you need hundred and forty, I think, to get some. <laughs> What impact do you see the 2026 World Cup having (laughs) to the North American game? Like, is it going to... Chicago's going to win it. Is it going (laughs) to put it into... (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to put it into, in particular, the American... General public's yeah. mindset: Are they going to take soccer? They did season? that ninety four. Like, like right now, it's slightly different. Diana Ross.
2: No, no. Right now, it's uh, like they call it a big four. Yeah. sports. Like, and I think the soccer will become change, a big five. I think Does it'll it knock change, one of the big four. I don't right? think it'll knock anybody out, but it'll become a big five league, like instead of being a big four and MLS or like like.
3: You don't think it will knock ice hockey out? No, okay. won't.
2: Uh, it won't. <laughs> there are enough people that support a, a hockey. Around North America, so I don't think it'll knock anybody out because baseball has too much heritage behind yeah. it, in history. Um, they like uh, the fighting in that. Football, football's in football's the f- you know number one, and I'll probably remain number one unless there's like. You know, decided that the concussions are like crazy or something yeah. like that, and like they'll then they will be maybe played on barges on the sea. Um, then, well, yeah, because there, there might not be any players by that point, yeah. they might
1: all have brain injuries or be in prison for domestic violence. That seems to be how it's going. No, that's not too bad.
2: Uh, but uh, and basketball is always going to be up there too. Uh, so it, I, I think it'll be a big five, it'll become a big five league.
3: I, I do think it'll have a, a, a positive impact, they're pushing it deeper into the consciousness of North Americans
2: No. I asked you to kind of come up
1: with some predictions and wishes for for the for the 2020s. Predictions-wise, in general, I think we'll see the rich clubs continue to get richer. I talked about closed shop for MLS. I think they'll, you're going to see the European clubs try and do a kind of closed shop league where it's only the big teams from England and Italy and Germany and... Maybe a couple so, from France. So they don't do the Champions League? And, yeah. And so they'll they play a domestic
3: competition and the Super League.
1: I think it'll just be the Super League. I don't even think they'll, they'll be in I'll domestic competitions. I think they'll they'll force... Because UEFA have now talked about being open to cross-country cross, cross country leagues. Because there's always been talk about a North Atlantic League where Scotland and Belgium and Holland and countries like that are going to play in it, which would be violence galore, if you ask me, but... I I also think that these top teams are going to push for that, and at some point UEFA is going to cave because it's all about money thing. I also think you're going to see things like the English Premier League being a closed shop where there won't be promotion and relegation, and it's going to be no, or there might just be one team goes up or one team goes down. More, pl- they need to do a playoff like Germany where the it'd be like it's like Turkey's voting for Christmas if if Turkey if the if the Turkeys at the bottom of the Premier League are like, oh yeah, we can vote and not get relegated and we've always got all these gate monies and global things and all the money from Asia that's coming in. But the I mean, top we teams will that?
3: hopefully vote for what's right. Um, uh, Is three teams go down the Premier League? Yes. They should do one of those teams, Like I know they do the playoff to get up, mm. they should try and do what I think Holland used to do or still does. Germany we, does, right? Germany does this, this playoff where the t- bottom two relegated, the third Place they have to do a playoff yeah, with a third with a third place from the
1: oh okay yeah Scotland bottom of the Premiership goes down and second bottom yeah. plays whoever wins a very convoluted playoff in in the Division One which nearly every team can qualify for but yeah I mean there's that as well I, I wish I've got locally is I want to see the BC League get set up the Tier Three League I want to get set up I want it to be a success I want fans to get out and enjoy local soccer partly though to make that happen. They need to vastly improve spectator, just covering and just not necessarily proper stands, but just some covering. I think people don't want to watch packs. games in the rain. Yeah, it's like you go to Burnaby Lake where there's so many games on on a Friday, and a Saturday, and a Sunday, and there's no covering for the for the spectators. Just get a little shelter on it, and it's like I'd gladly contribute to have an AFTN stand at Burnaby Lake, something like Make that. Make it retractable. Yeah, there, there be
3: no shelter. here. But uh,
1: just something like that, just to kind of look after and get people to get out and enjoy grassroots soccer.
3: Yeah, I would love that. Something to rig teeth off of. Yeah, it keep generates some noise yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, I think when you talk about this prediction stuff, Michael, for me, then obviously the, the thing I want the most is uh, a Fraser Valley uh, Canadian Premier League team. <clears throat> uh, and yeah, more, uh, well, long term, I want at least two lower mainland <laughs> teams in the, in the Canadian Premier League. Uh so the growth of that so I, as backwards as it is in Canada right now uh, I, I want that that level to develop more than I do the BC League one although I do want BC League one yeah. to develop as
1: well it's just how that happens and I think is I, I definitely want a CPL team here as well that we can call our own, totally. own support I love Pacific love going over to an extent but it's a pain in the ass at the same time yeah Got some... Oh, what about you, Steve?
2: Oh, I my biggest hope and uh, I think prediction is uh, that I'm hoping the national team uh, is t- games are shown on national TV.
3: Oh, oh yeah. can I give one last one too yeah. before you go to... The, uh, I would... Uh, I mean, obviously I'd want them to win it, but I want Canada in 2026 to like kind of capture the nation yeah, in, I, a sp- in a special way.
2: I want them to win the group and then advance maybe a couple of rounds. Yeah. A la like uh, um, uh, South Korea did. When they hosted.
5: Yeah, they it. went to the semi-final.
2: Uh, well, a quarter-final a quarter is yeah. good enough for me.
1: I went to the final.
5: <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. Uh, some, some tweets in from listeners. We'll just quickly rattle through these. Stewie Benjamin, his wish is he wants the Whitecaps to consistently dominate teams at BC Place. There's nothing more frustrating than watching the home team sit back and absorb pressure for 90 minutes.
3: This is uh, Darnell. Is that Darnell? Yep. Okay, Darnell
1: says, CPL,
3: Pacific much improved due to healthy marquee players. Calvary, win league, and cup. MLS, strike avoided. VWFC have a classic season, barely making
1: playoff, and first round exit. We get another playoff goal. (laughs) As Dunhill's predictions for twenty twenty. Ryan McLeod says he predicts that at some point during the season things won't go well for the White Caps and people will be salty on Twitter.
3: That's a that's a daring prediction.
1: Oh, uh, El Canico,
3: VWFC, will miss playoffs and lose to Can PL Club in the Can in the Voyagers Cup. Cavallini will break 10-goal mark despite lack of service due to taking all the team's penalties. Can (laughs) P.L. Hamilton, i.e. Forge, will win spring. Cavalry fall in Cavalry the Cup. Yeah, Cavalry
1: the Cup. MLS. Atlanta supporter Shield, LAFC, the Goats. MLS Cup champs. C.D. Pryor predicts that the Whitecaps will make the playoffs but bow out early. Cavallini will get 15. But Theo Bear will take a massive step forward and get sold. Sadly, the Canadian Premier League will announce a merger with the USL, largely due to prohibitive travel costs and less dollars than expected from sell-ons. That's just his prediction.
3: Say that name for me.
1: Kyron. There you go. I'm
3: holding my predictions until the start of the season. Signings haven't been enough so far, but there's nearly two full months until February 29th, a month after the season ticket thing. Uh, I wish that we could actually look like a football team team correct me if I'm wrong but we never went two goals up against anybody absurd
1: although careful pointed out that we did uh, against Colorado in me oh, but he said his points still stand and the last one between the sticks BTS van City check those guys out the wish that the Cats find a style of play thanks to their extended preseason and find a way to consistently batter teams playing whatever style that is also that the Canadian men's national team somehow make the hex so we all get to cover games like Canada versus Mexico instead of the Caribbean gauntlet. I think we can all agree with that. Thank you for all your wishes and predictions. Keep them coming. We'll talk about more next week and we'll be back with the final part of tonight's show after this.
0: Hi, I'm Maxim Kripo from the Vancouver Whitecaps and you're listening to the EFTN Show.
2: Well, that was, Steve. That was El Michel's Affair by the Wu-Tang Clan. Woo! Welcome
1: I back. I heard they're nothing to mess with. No, they're not. No, they're not. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. It's our last part. Wait, since here, we're going to talk about the FA Cup weekend. Yep, it's the FA Cup weekend. Okay. I, ha- I have... Can you overdose in football matches because I possibly have this weekend?
3: You got your money worth on your... I
1: complained that they didn't show enough games (laughs) in the second round of the FA Cup. They made up for it by showing nearly every single game this weekend. I fast-forwarded through a lot. It was a lot of fuck-up? Yeah, because there was also wasn't a lot of interest and there wasn't a lot of surprises no, or shocks. And that's sad. There was two non-league teams left in it. One of them played today and, oh, they just lost 2-1 to Sheffield United, AFC filed. They could have won that. How did Steve's side do?
2: Oh, United? Yeah. yeah the nil-nil against yeah. Wolverhampton? Are you serious?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a board
2: nil-nil <laughs> game. At, <laughs> it <laughs> was at the Wolves. So I think they do play a replay or something? At, at, yes, it the is. Old But the other Manchester I, I team, slept through the game, so... Oh, did, did they know, lose?
1: No, I, oh. they were playing, because obviously... be
2: Port Vale. Yeah, they're the current
1: holders of all three domestic trophies, Man City, right? As things oh. can't stand. And they are playing League Two side, Port Vale. Oh. Man City took the lead, dominated, then Port Vale equalised at Man City to make it 1-0. Fantastic moment. Tie? Yeah, they ended up losing 4-1. Oh. But it, it was a great moment for Port Vale, but it wasn't the best thing from the game. The captain of Port Vale is a, a striker. Oh, oh, is this Tom? John Stones? Yeah. Think? Tom Pope. Tom Pope, yeah. Now, in the summer, after watching England play, he had tweeted out if he was playing against Stones every week, and just whether Port Vale or in the premiership, he'd probably get 40 goals a season. So then he's going up against him in the FA Cup and everyone dragged this tweet up. He scores the goal against City with Stones leaving him to go through. So then afterwards, he he tweeted going, I know everyone's talked about this. I just want to apologize for saying I scored 40 goals a season. I was wrong. I
2: would get 50. <laughs> That's how you was, follow up. Wasn't he at the... What was the and, and Apparently, Portville was invited into the Manchester City locker room after the game, oh, really? and, and Stones wouldn't talk to him.
1: <laughs> no one... He was interviewed afterwards. Only one player would swap a shirt with him. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Who was it? Who was, was off it? His shirt. Who was
3: it?
1: I can't remember. but It wasn't Stone.
3: Didn't they make a movie about this? Was that the the Golden Globes? The two popes? Was,
1: huh. was that about this guy? No, it wasn't. Oh, Should not about this guy. There's only one Tom Pope. Um, but there were some other good games as well. No big shock, sadly. Rochdale drawing one-one at home to Newcastle was probably the shock of the night. Oh, rent. poor Will. Yeah. <laughs> Newcastle dominated that and should have been five or six up at half time. And then Rochdale equalised late on, and it's going back to Geordieland for the replay.
3: Well, Newcastle's no. Uh, they, I mean, they're good friends with disappointment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But as you know, I'm a big fan of the FA Cup. So I thought for our wavelength this month, I'm going to have FA Cup related songs. It might be some teams that sing on it. it, might be just some bands, or it might be players, whatever. So we're going to go back to 2008 with, uh, possibly with some of the news that's happened this week, you could say this could maybe be a topical song. This is celebrating Cardiff City's 2008 FA Cup final appearance and it's actually sung by one of their players, Scottish striker Stephen Thompson. This is called Do the Ayatollah.
4: And on that muddy pitch and town, When we went one nil down Written off at the riverside But we took it all in our stride And when your thoughts are far away Are you dreaming about Wembley And on the 17th of May You can't get down and
0: upon your head and shout I To the eye all, put your hands upon your head and
4: shout I like the 27 heroes dead, Tell them tales and exaggerations About ticket complications Cardiff after by Barbados We've got the whole wide world behind us And when your thoughts are far away Are you dreaming about Wembley? Oh. To the eye of Put your hands upon your head and shout Allah To the eye of all of put your hands upon your head and shout Allah
1: Cardiff City player Stephen Thompson there, the 2008 FA Cup final song, Do the Ayatollah. So to give a little bit of background in that, because I know Zach's a little bit confused here. Cardiff City fans from the 90s, possibly dating back to 1990, have done this thing, um, the Ayatollah, where they basically, when they're celebrating goals or whatever, they do their hands on on their head. And it was originally thought it was because their owner was Sam Himam. the the Egyptian owner, but it actually dated back to a Welsh band that had seen Iranians doing that. So they started doing that at their games, and it's a big cultural thing now in Cardiff. They do it at the rugby, they do it at other stuff. There were some Cardiff people that were on Big Brother that were doing it when they won tasks. They get it to go around the stadium, they get police officers to do it, and it's a big, big thing. Weirdly, in 2008, there was two FA Cup final songs released called Do The Ayatora, one by Stephen Thompson, the backup group with the rest of the players, and one by the supporters as well. But I, I love some FA Cup songs. We've got more of those to come in the coming weeks. When if the White Cats will ever release an MLS Cup song? The White Cats have been pretty quiet so far, as we have no new players to talk about, but we definitely will have... Well, I shouldn't say definitely because we could trade it. Yeah, we could trade it. So this might yeah. be all mute. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do. We should have a new player to talk about next Sunday. And Super maybe conference even, call? Maybe even bring you some audio as well from yeah. him because it's FA Cup. It's FA Cup. <laughs> it's MLS Cup. No, it's not. It's MLS <laughs> Super, Super Draft, draft. Day. Yeah.
2: Super conference call. On Thursday. Super conference call. And the Whitecaps have the fourth pick. Fourth now, pick, unless they trade it. Now we normally we do BC soccer, uh, BC soccer so web we headlines. headlines. Uh, but no one Bill, can speak at this time of night. Bill, Bill's been taking, uh, I think, a couple of weeks off, so we'll leave him at that for there. So we decided to do a quick MLS draft preview. Now, the the Whitecaps have the fourth pick. Now, there's three guys that are at the top, the top three that are considered like, <laughs> uh, like. To be in that top three. <laughs> so, so they're not getting any no, no. of the good guys. <laughs> no, no, there's, but one of those guys could fall if, like, you know, oh, some well, players. Yeah, yeah, we
1: saw one of the guys that went in the second round last year. Yeah, that was so, meant to be. So,
2: so
3: there's like, no totally guarantee. Hey, 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 They always get who they want. Don't oh, so worry.
2: Yeah. So Robbie Robinson is a six foot two striker from Clemson. He scored 18 goals last year, and I think he won the Herman Award, the Beckerman Herman Award. He's considered to be the guy everybody wants because. He he, he kinda of can create his own shot. He's got quickness around the net. Um so he can create his own space and for the, to score the goal. He would be superb for songs. Yeah. Nah
1: na 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 Robbie Robinson, Robinson, Robbie
2: Robinson. There you go. And then let's see the next guy if you can make a song out of him. Uh Jack Maher, uh Indiana. Um he's a six foot three center back, um, comfortable with the ball and he's a very solid defender he's considered one of the better defenders in uh the in, in the NCAA coming out of the NCAA now he those are the top 2 guys for sure Th- those guys are considered guaranteed to be in that top 3 the third guy Henry Kessler um he's a 6 foot 4 uh central defender from Virginia he plays big, and he, but he moves well as well. So he could slip to the the, the fourth spot if the Whitecaps are interested in central. Remember the name of like a
3: ice hockey player who used to play here, oh, Ryan yeah. Ryan Kessler. Kessler. Yeah, he no relation, no relation.
2: Um, um, so the three guys that could sneak into that top three or four or whatever, and some of the players that might be interesting for the Whitecaps. One is a Ford uh, from Central Florida, forward slash winger, Cal Jennings. Um, he scored 14 goals in his first two years. Junior's year he scored 14 goals total, and then last year he scored 18. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of moving up. He's more of a scorer uh, than a provider, so if he does get moved to the wing, he's going to be like one of those scoring wingers. He's not really going to provide anything in the box, and he needs help if he's going to score from uh, guy's – uh, the other one is uh, the Canadian uh, Ryan uh, Raposo, who's yeah. a Generation Adidas contract. Who everyone thinks yeah. the Whitecaps will take because he's Canadian, but if he's GA, but also the the Whitecaps might have told MLS that they were interested in him, and that's why they have signed to wow. that contract too. Plus, now he there's something tasty about him. He but... was all American um, in the in their conference. Uh, he was all, all sort of all freshmen. Uh, he was named to the all freshman team. This year, he made a big jump where he scored 15 goals and had seven assists from uh, a winger's number 10 spot. That's as many
3: goals as Lucas Cavallini's going to score, apparently. Yeah.
2: Oh. He's good on one on one and he's good, good, good passing ability. So even if he moves to the wing, he can he can service the ball into the box. And
1: do you know the interesting thing about him? Do you know where he spent some time training?
2: Tell us. Mines. Oh,
3: oh good now.
2: Um, last guy uh, is uh, Dylan uh, Nielis, uh Georgetown, the uh, champions. Mm. Uh, uh, he's a right back. Um uh, ah. he's cons- mm. he's a big. He's been the last two years. He's been the Big East de- defending player of the year, def- defensive player of the year, and he's an up and down modern day fullback. He's considered that uh, for a NCA like, and he can provide. Not only can he score goals, he's, uh, I think he scored seven goals over the, his four years, but he provides very good service, and he's a good defender. So he's, he, he, he's good up going forward and a back defender. So they
3: need depth at right back, but if Definitely. you bring in a player like that, does that mess up George's development?
2: It might well, not. They're looking at George more, Listen, though, in right midfield. If they, if, okay. they tr- if they they could draft this guy, Dylan Nealis if they really like him, and then they could ship Jake Nowiski out, for that TAM money that they might have got for the draft pick. Uh, so that might be something that they're looking into doing. You
3: know what I liked about this segment is, like, I think if you, the, the notebook that Steve was reading out of there, his, where he had his awesome notes, if you went to the beginning, I think you'd find, like, num- phone numbers of girls from, like, his dating days. back. No, in I
2: doubt that because this is a recent notebook. Oh,
3: it just looks like a little notebook where you'd
1: write th- numbers just in. Just because it's recent doesn't mean you've not got phone numbers. <laughs> for probably. some reason, I have
2: a, a top 10 uh, Canadian wrestlers. Oh, there you oh. go. Red Hart, first name. I should have guessed that. that but he's was... number two on my list. Who's number one? Chris Jericho. Yeah, uh-huh. man, the pain maker. He's, and and you this is b- before. Champion. You, and you the champion. Go... I made this list before AEW, too.
3: You just circle around him seven times and he falls down. That was a, some biblical humor for either there. Oh,
2: okay. I didn't understand <laughs> that. I was going to ask what we learned this week. I, <laughs>
1: I learned some biblical
2: humor. I wrote this a long time ago. When did I write this? Okay, I'll look at it later. Did you learn anything, Steve? I learned that uh, t- t- tissues had a very big part of <laughs> the creation of AFTN. Yes, yes. Oh my I used
1: to write a lot of notes on, on my tissues. What about you, Zach? Did, uh, did you learn anything? Any is that where sticky moves? notes came from? It, it was. <laughs> they were very sticky. Uh,
3: yeah, I learned another, another one of your dance moves, which uh, I think is at least questionable. <laughs>
1: I don't know, is it?
3: Is it was that dance well received within all communities in Cardiff? No one's complained that I know. Oh, okay. They
1: released yeah. two songs about it. Yeah, okay. Different times, so two thousand and eight, <laughs> clearly. Uh anything else you learn? Did you learn Steve
3: I learned that you you think was it were you or you thinks Robson was a
1: bust. Was it you? No, it was him. That was you. I I just that. threw that out there. No. Anyway. I think that's it. I, I learned that when I say we're going to do a short show, we still go over two hours. And I called it. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> right away, actually, <laughs> yeah, immediately. Steve wanted to be in bed by two o'clock, but I said, no, I've got to get back to my wife. Anyway, that is it for tonight's show. Just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online.
2: You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat.
1: For me, it's at ZacharyAM. I'm Michael McCall. Find me on Twitter, AFT in Canada. Instagram, in Soccer And YouTube, in Canada Like, subscribe, comment We'll be back next week And this is Snowmageddon Hits This might coming? This may be possible snow next week Really? Weekend, yeah oh, wow. But hey, we'll see what happens Until then, thanks for listening Take care and more on the draft Going to your first match Is an experience you'll never forget